Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 217. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and I'm welcoming you to the fifth vignettes of vignettes. So long-time listeners will know that this is the special podcast where we review the vignette episodes of The Simpsons, which are kind of like Treehouse of Horror in the anthology style. And to match the anthology style, we change the panel lineup for each of the episodes that we will be reviewing today. So first up to help us review Thanksgiving of Horror, we will be joined by the wonderful Warren Evans, who is the host of the podcast, The Simpsons is Greater Than, where he has great chats with Simpsons cast and crew, seriously, one to check out if you haven't. And then after that, to help us review the episode, Now Museum, Now You Don't, it's a mix of returning and new guests as we are joined by the crew from Quest Fantastic, which is an actual play podcast that both BT and I are absolutely love so please go give them a cheeky subscribe as well and okay i think that means we're all caught up we know what's happening you know the program so let's get into it over to you elliot all right and we are back with vignettes of vignettes and joining me here as always except when he's not like in the next segment is bt calloway uh hoi hoi and joining us all the way from Florida in the United States is Warren Evans. Yo, how's it going, guys? I never know how to like respond to an introduction. It's yeah. like, do I cheer? <laughs> do I clap? But, you know, it's great to be here. It helps to get your own kind of signature, especially if you can steal it from The Simpsons itself. Uh, like it. <laughs> <laughs> it takes the guesswork out. It helps. Oh, it's Very a Hoy Hoy a Simpsons reference. I thought it was a reference to Alexander Graham Bell. Like you can just you can leave anytime you want. <laughs> uh, but no, Warren. Even like that setup was a, it didn't do you justice, dude. So uh, people might know Warren as Bard of Darkness on Instagram and Twitter for his insane Simpsons collection that we're mm-hmm. looking at. What is it? A tenth of it right now? You're looking at a nice little chunk of it. It does take up yeah. an entire room. I do want to clarify that it does not take up my whole house, so I'm not nearly as crazy as some of you <laughs> might think. Just one room, but it's a lot of stuff. Just one room, packed room though. And also a host of The Simpsons is Greater Than, the podcast. And yeah, doing amazing work on that and getting a whole lineup of very enviable guests. (laughs) Oh man, thank you. I mean, look, when I started that podcast, I I wouldn't have believed you if you would have told me I would have on Nancy Cartwright, you know, Mm, Al Jean, David Silverman. You're, You're sort of, if you listen, you're experiencing it with me as I continue to not believe some of the people I'm talking to. But uh, yeah, if you need yeah. more Simpsons content other than this great podcast, slide over to Simpsons is Greater Than. Check it out. Yeah, absolutely. No, there's been some real great episodes. And uh, yeah, still can't believe like, your first episode was with Yardley Smith. Mm. Neither can I. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I have so many questions about Maximum Overdrive. I would like to ask Yardley Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling she doesn't get those enough. So you should definitely track yeah, her down exactly. and ask her those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does not get enough questions about her film career, and I have some. So yeah, a movie we just reviewed for uh, our podcast over on our Patreon. So sneaky mm-hmm. little plug there. Oh yeah, but yeah, we're here today to talk about proper Simpsons episodes. And uh, before we get into that, Warren, we just like to ask, like the first-time guests on our podcast, what is your Simpsons history? Where did the show begin with you? So it's kind of interesting. My my journey with the Simpsons has really been. 
a bit of a roller coaster. I mean, I, as a kid, you know, I say this a lot on my podcast. As a kid, I, I was obsessed with it. You know, I had the Bart Simpson pajamas. You know, you can see these photos of me and my brother opening Bart Simpson sweatshirts on Christmas. I mean, we were all in, you know. Mm. I was, you know, doing the mail-ins to Tombstone, trying to get Bart Simpson posters, all that stuff. And and I watched it for a very long time. But I think, you know, like a lot of people, when I got to a certain age, I, I sort of just... I, I didn't lose interest in the show. I just lost interest in television. You know, you start getting the internet, mm, you start yeah. getting into music and other things. And I sort of just, I think I lost a bit of my relationship with television, but I would say about 10, maybe a little, you know, 10 plus years ago, I found the show again. And it was like, it was like being a kid again in the sense mm. that I rewatched all the episodes I hadn't seen. I, I started watching it again weekly. So, you know, it goes from this thing that is a constant in my life, sort of falls away, comes back to being even more of a constant. And then I get to look weird on the internet for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> ah, the dream. <laughs> no, that was a bit the same for, I think, both of us actually, where mm. like, oh no, around high school age as well. Like there's just a lot more different things happening in life and, um, yeah, and then come a few years later where, yeah, starting podcasts about it and yeah. <laughs> getting all obsessive with, uh, yeah, making sure I'm up to date yeah. with the new apps. Yeah, it was always, you know, you have a job now and you don't get to be home when it's airing on TV. Yeah. And, Absolutely. You know, the, in the internet and watch now options don't really exist. So you're like, ah. Oh. I guess I'll just miss this. And <laughs> what I do instead, work and cry. Okay. <laughs> I, I do. I think it's funny you say that because I think a lot of people sort of, they, they forget that that is a part of it. You start getting a job, you hang out with your mm -hmm. friends a little more. You might, you know, whatever you do pulls you away from that weekly routine of going home yeah. and watching television. I think everybody has a phase of their life where they sort of just fall out of that. And, you know, I will say, you know, I don't know if this is a credit to me or what you want to call it, but there was never a phase of my life where I shit on the Simpsons. There was never a phase where I was like, Oh, it's bad. Now I don't watch it. I never claimed that. You know, I did, people would ask me if I liked it or if it came up in conversation, I'd go, Oh, I loved it as a kid. I haven't watched it in a, in a long time. Mm. And, you know, I think that is an interesting thing about being a Simpsons fan now, because that can mean a lot of different things. Yeah. But I, I think it's interesting to look back on your relationship. And if it is what you thought it was, or if it's a little different, or if you, you know, had misconceptions that you now disagree with, I think being mm -hmm. a Simpsons fan, especially just based on how long it's been around. Yeah. It's a totally different thing now. No, it's like wild that it's outlived a lot of like soap opera shows, which famously go for like <laughs> 30 seasons yep. or whatever. And yeah. So on like you're coming back with the show, is that when the collecting of Simpsons merch started or had you been already doing that? So I would say I'd gotten back into the show a little before that. And uh, I like to give a little bit of credit to a friend of mine named Lars, who was a collector. He was really into Star Wars collecting. He still is. I don't know why I'm talking about him like he's dead. But <laughs> Lars was really into collecting a lot of different stuff. And, you know, I grew up collecting basketball cards and all this sort of stuff. So I've always sort of had that collector brain. And I would see these rooms, these big collections of stuff. And I was like, man, you know, I kind of want to do that. I kind of want to just dial in on something and collect it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't go into it saying I want to collect it obsessively, but you sort of just, you know, oh, there's a Bart doll. I love The Simpsons. I'll buy that Bart doll. Oh, I'll yeah. buy mm -hmm. this one as well. And then before you know it, you have a bunch of them. And then sometimes you just you just can't stop, guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and sometimes it just happens. So I think the collection, as I often say, sort of came more from the Instagram because 
once I realized I had a, a, a decent amount of stuff, which at the time was nothing compared to now, mm-hmm. I started an account. You know, I was I was like, I'm just going to start posting this online so I can sort of show it off. You know, it lives kind of lives in my closet most of the time. And because of the interest in that, I think that really is why the collection grew into what it is. So the show came a little bit before the collection, but it did, you know, it coincided for sure. Yeah. No, absolutely. I get that collector's mentality. Like, I mean, you can see I've got a room full of music gear at the moment, and I wonder if I can swing my camera over enough. Yeah. Uh, Almost. There's my shelf of uh, Nintendo Amiibos, which I've almost got Mm -hmm. the full set of those, aside from some rare ones. Yes. I've heard you you say, I'll just one more and I'll I'll stop (laughs) after that many times. Uh, So many times. But, you know, the Amiibos are cool. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. weirdly enough, despite my Simpsons fandom, I haven't gotten into collecting the merch that much but you know some nice friends have um bought things for me over the years and i just mm-hmm. want to quickly show off a couple of pieces i've got um have you yeah. seen that guy before oh yeah the robo homer isn't that an interesting uh like every time i see one of those or anytime someone shows me one or asks me about that thing it blows my mind that that's an officially licensed product yeah, it's just so bizarre. What right? a weird thing. And I tried to turn <laughs> really? it on before. I, I think I need new batteries for it or something. But the voice lines don't sound like Homer, yet they're direct Homer quotes. Like, yeah, it's bizarre. It's <laughs> I'm surprised it takes batteries. I thought it just absorbed souls. Yeah. It is a <laughs> wild, wild looking thing. And the fact that's officially licensed is also weird. I assumed it Very was scary. like a you know, Chinese ripoff or something. Yeah. Um, but no, I'll put pictures in the show notes, but yeah, here's a couple of pieces that I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have. My friend went to, uh, like an antique store and found these creepy painted Simpsons wooden dolls. So there's Bart there. And love that. Here's the Homer, which is clearly just like a monkey figure that they just painted over. (laughs) 100%. And what's so funny about that is they actually really tried with the Bart a little bit. Yeah. 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 But that Homer, they didn't try at all. That's no. beautiful. <laughs> so, you need to expand your collection of uh, fucked up Simpsons memorabilia. Yeah. Uh, I do have, there were these like Klingon uh, dolls that were licensed, but there were also these Klingon dolls that were made, I believe they were made in Mexico, and they looked like they were made by someone who was, you know, briefly described the show, but had never seen a photo of the characters. They look so <laughs> insane. Uh, I'll have to find that and send you guys a photo. Uh, Here we uh, have Mischievous Boy and Oafish Man. (laughs) Would you like to collect? (laughs) Yeah, that's sort of like the Simpsons merch that I do find incredibly fascinating is those bootleg ones as well where... Yeah, they're selling T-shirts with Black Bart and all those sort of things on it, yeah. <laughs> well, I will say the the bootleg stuff is super interesting, but not only that, the early merchandise in general is very interesting because they really had no idea. Yeah. Some mm-hmm. of the stuff that existed very early just sh- blows me away. You know, toothbrush holders, hair gel, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it sounds like a joke right out of the show. They really had yeah. no idea that it was going to last. And, you know, I've said this before and it, I've heard this said several times that Matt didn't know. And he was like, well, I want to make as much money as I can. So mm-hmm. I will let anyone license it. Yeah. I think that is why the bootleg stuff is so not only interesting, but just rampant is because everything looked a little bootleg early on. So very, mm-hmm. very strange. Yeah, definitely. I remember those like figures that they had with the white cardboard backing. And mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I had a Nelson and a Bart one. And then, yeah. So many years later, look it up and it's like, oh, these are super rare and expensive. How about that? I probably just yeah. sold them for pennies at a garage sale or something. 
That's, you just never know. I mean, it's, you know, that was made by Mattel and Mattel was going to make a second line that they never made because they didn't think it would do well. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Mattel, well, Mattel did fine. I think Mattel turned out okay, but they, I think, I you think know, they landed on their feet. Yeah. I but I, I, you got to think somebody feels dumb for that now. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have uh, any particularly valuable pieces in your collection? Or? So I, I will say sometimes value is subjective, but I do have mm. a lot of prototypes, oh, um, right. which, that's, that's which you cool. technically can't really say how much they're worth, but they're the mm. only one in most cases. So you got to think like, a you know, those do have a lot of value. I guess I'll have to go to antiques roadshow someday to get yeah. some of those assessed, <laughs> but you know, I, I have would a love number... to watch a dusty old British person assess a Bart Simpson doll. <laughs> that would be wonderful. 100%. But I mean, you know, I have some animation cells. Those hold their value. I, I, I yeah. do have some very bizarre pieces uh, i always say that simpsons collecting you know like simpsons fandom is a wide spectrum and some people mm. collect for just sheer volume and some people collect for sheer you know some people have you know a bit of a specialty or they like it a certain mm. way i look for these stranger items uh, it's a little more curated than some collections not to say that that it's small but um I, i'm very particular about the things that i like Outside of the prototypes, though, I don't, I don't know what the most valuable thing I have is. That's, that kind of gets, uh, it's hard to, to conjure up the answer sometimes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But uh, yeah, so listeners of this show, if you haven't, head over to Bart of Darkness on Instagram, of course. As always, we put links in the show notes and all. Um, yep. But you can look at all the things. Yeah. There's so many things to look at. So we're here to review Simpsons as well. And today we just watched season 31, episode 8. Thanksgiving of Horror, first released in November of 2019. It was directed by Rob Oliver, written by Dan Weber. In this episode, yeah, it's Treehouse of Horror, but Thanksgiving-y. What? <laughs> yeah, hey, what do we think? I love this episode. Um, th- there are like very minor things that I always sort of poke at in this episode, but they are not. They're not problems with the writing. They're they're more just problems in general with like some of the way like, like we'll get into it but I would say overall love this episode I actually did an episode about it back in November where I sort of realized even more so while researching it that I love it even more mm. BT uh, Matt, I will say this one gave me pause because I went to click on the thumbnail on Disney plus and it's all the Simpsons as turkeys and I was like oh what have you got me into Elliot J O'Neill <laughs> you handsome devil but no once I kind of got into it, I'm like I do appreciate I, I'm, I'm curious as to why they decided to do this, but I do appreciate it gives basically horror episodes a different motif and a different color to it by making it Thanksgiving based instead of trying to make everything Halloween based. So yeah, that was an interesting enough spin. And uh, I think the segments got better as they went. And uh, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed the last one. Yeah, this was a surprise because, you know, one of our big criticisms of New Simpsons is their unwillingness to try new things. And mm. like you said, they're using like an old format but they're putting a new spin on it and like starting out with the turkey thing I think was a really good like yeah this can be a horror holiday and I thought it was pretty inspired mm. like you Warren I've got some pokes and you know that's what we yeah. like to get into on the show the <laughs> the pokes and the jokes but yeah overall good time with this one 
a lot of really funny jokes. I mean, you know, I, I think what some people don't realize is that a lot of their critiques of modern Simpsons have a lot to do with visuals more so than just the jokes. I think sometimes if you break down the joke writing, it's not that far off from what you are most attracted to on the show. And I think even at the low points of this one, some of the jokes there were jokes that I didn't realize were jokes mm. uh, until, you know, multiple viewings of this episode. And I think it is a little more layered. So if anyone yeah. is sleeping on this one, get into it. Yeah, I am glad I watched this a couple of times, actually. Usually um, with reviewing, like, I just watched them once. But I find the anthology ones, like, because we've done a few of them lately, are harder to stick in my brain because of the fast-paced nature of them. And, yeah, yeah I'm glad I watched this one again, yeah, because there, there are a few background things you might miss. And um, mm. uh, we'll get into that. But, yeah, first of all, yeah, the episode starts out with the classic Marge in front of the curtain warning. That's a nice little uh, throwback to the early treehouses. Yeah, I enjoyed the throwback. I did not enjoy getting the reverse shot from Marge's perspective out into the empty theater with just Homer there. It's like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. <laughs> I don't want to see her speaking to an empty theater. I, it's, it's like trying to put the fourth wall back, which doesn't make sense. Like, no, she's meant to be talking to the audience and, you know, the... The red curtain is just kind of set dressing, but it is ultimately for us, the viewing audience. So to put Homer there in the audience being like, oh, I don't know when Thanksgiving dinner is. Is it four o'clock? Is it eight o'clock? I don't know. It's like, no, 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 Don't do that. That's annoying. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this joke just might not also resonate with uh, us Australians that don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Uh, Warren, I'm sure this is a more of an issue over the, in the States. I, you know, I was going to say, and, and that mm -hmm. is something that, you know, it's funny because Thanksgiving is called Thanksgiving dinner, but nobody mm. eats it for dinner. People eat it for like lunch, but yeah. then you meet people that eat it like three o'clock and it's like, well, do you eat breakfast before <laughs> Thanksgiving? It's just, it, it's a very odd conversation. I like to eat around 11. Let's just, you know, just get it, get it going early and turn it into brunch. You know? Oh, wow. <laughs> get a mimosa in there. All good. <laughs> yeah. Cause like usually we do that sort of style of giant turkey feed in our family mm -hmm. for Christmas. And we decided this year to instead make it for dinner because it's always like we're getting up so early to make sure it's all ready for mm -hmm. lunch. But then it was the thing that we all had trouble sleeping because we just like had these giant rocks in our bellies that, you know, yep. like uh, switching back to lunch That's next year. That's what you year. get for eating rocks. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> not exactly. But not only that, I think also, you know, growing up and, and celebrating Thanksgiving or, or whatever, the way I always did that is you got to eat early so you can take a nap. It's like yeah, sort yeah. of a tradition. You got to get a nice nap in. So, you know, I like to get up and eat something and then sit around and watch football and then fall asleep. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, I can't do that if I eat too late. And then you wake up and you have like a small leftovers thing and it's super good. Oh, there leftover, you go. Leftover sandwiches are delicious. Yeah. So, yeah, skipping dinner except having, yeah, mini dinner roll with turkey stuffing mm -hmm. and cranberry. Oh, so mm -hmm. good. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, going into the first segment of this, a gobblepto. So this is like Ugh. Apocalypto with turkeys. I literally wrote down, hey, kids, remember Apocalypto? Because <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I've literally never seen it. Yeah, I have, but uh, I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm one of the few because it was not a big hit <laughs> movie or anything. No, yeah. I mean, Mel Gibson's just one of these things where I just, yeah. the reputation is too tarnished for me. I just, I can't stomach to go see his shit anymore. Yeah. It, w it was pre his uh, big outburst, but he already had a reputation as being a uh, fucking weirdo. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a douchebag. I can do without watching his stuff. 
<laughs> but I thought, yeah, artistically, I thought this one was actually pretty amazing. Like from the get go, mm. I'm like, oh, you're having like dialogueless Simpsons gobble turkey language. I'm into this. Yeah, because the whole movie is done in, I forget what it is, but whatever, pre-Meso, I'm going to get all these terms wrong, so I don't know, pre-Meso-America or Meso-America, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. wasn't all, that... All um, in Aztec. Wasn't that Passion of the Christ that nah, I mean, did that as well? No, I mean, same deal. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, if it is subtitled, but it's all done in whatever the Aztec spoke, I don't know what that is. Oh, there yeah. you go. Having never seen it, I cannot correct or comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it, yeah. But no, I like, from the outset, it was like so cute and charming and that's like what makes the second time we've watched more die on the show like so mm. impactful it's just i did literally go hey they've got all these turkeys but what do they have more back oh wait there <laughs> yeah i mean i love the way they look as turkeys and you know i, I actually got to speak to rob oliver and he told me mm. that the table read for this episode like hearing them do the gobbles at the table read <laughs> is the funniest table read anyone had ever been to so i i will say like the fact that they had to direct them as turkeys <laughs> really blows my mind because you do you know they're able to inflect what they are saying and it really doesn't feel that weird it, it just works mm. i mean even up to you know if you listen to the audio cuz i took some sound clips when i when i talked about it you can sort of just tell what they're saying, even without looking mm. at them. I do think that's pretty impressive for the voice cast. No. Yeah, definitely. Can you gobble, gobble, gobble sadly, but not too sadly. It's a little <laughs> bit. It's like it's dropped sandwich sad. It's not broken leg sad. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, a testament to how great and talented these voice actors are is that, like, I do want to see the script for this. And it's like, gobble <laughs> in something like, oh no, we're being attacked. You know, like, mm, right. I, I, I do wonder like what the prompts were, but yeah, yeah. No, the voice cast absolutely delivered. And yeah, like I was saying before, using Thanksgiving like as a new backdrop for a horror thing, like, yeah, showing the turkeys panic and as they're getting invaded and stuff, it is so brilliantly done. Like, this is just mm. so well animated. Yeah, I yeah. did really like the kind of one-to-one -one ratio because, yeah, the whole thing of Apocalypto is they, this little village gets ransacked by this larger Aztec civilization to be sacrificed, and that's kind of the one-to-one -one ratio of all the turkeys. So they get the same similar kind of head-chopping scene and, yeah, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, th I thought, okay. As an odd of a reference as it is, because that was not a widely received movie, I did end up quite liking this one-to-one -one ratio of how it translated The Simpsons into it. And the score is very creepy. I mean, I'm yes. sure that that is a very direct reference to the film, but like the score is is very unsettling. And and honestly, the concept is unsettling. I mean, Jesus, mm. it's sad. I mean, there's mm. a lot of blood, yeah. a lot of death. You think the family, you know, you, you just sort of like feel like they're going to get caught. You know, it's very tense for a, a comedy <laughs> segment of a Simpsons episode, you know? Yeah, where everyone's just gobble, gobble, gobble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it starts out, oh, we're going to watch a cute, charming, fun cartoon. Oh, no. <laughs> but, right. Yeah, and I think this segment totally works without any knowledge of Apocalypto, obviously, because, yeah, I mean, Warren haven't seen yeah. it and quite enjoyed it. Yeah. But, yeah, just making the kind of seemingly mundane human things seem that much more brutal of, yeah, yeah. plucking the turkey and stuffing it and... The, the head chopping as well, like, that was such a, yeah, like you said, a very tense sequence. You got you got to think Dan went in there and and they you got to think they didn't want him to say woohoo they wanted him to gobble in some sort of woohoo but then mm -hmm. the woohoo's just funnier I do think that is the best joke in this whole segment outside of possibly 
and and I want to see how you guys feel about this because mm-hmm. you know I, I mentioned that there were jokes that I didn't think were funny that I now think are very funny, and those are from right. Chief Wiggum. I think that the bad jokes that Chief Wiggum makes are supposed to be bad, you know, like sort of on right. on brand with his character. You know the whole bake them away toys. The like, what do you what'd yeah, you yeah. say, Chief? Yeah, I think the Skinnered them. You know, like those sort of horrible uh, jokes. I think are self aware. I will say that when he said, "Ah, oh, free birds, Skinner them," I groaned like a dying gearbox. Same. Was, <laughs> but do you like, like uh, my theory? Because I really think that I'm telling you, the more you watch this segment, it's like, oh, it's because it's Chief Wiggum. They and gave him these jokes shit. because that's sort of he's he's not funny. So I don't know. That's no, just my theory. No, you're yeah, right. Yeah, there is fair. precedent for it, certainly. Um I don't know. To me, it just felt like someone thought of that and were like, well, I have to put it in this episode, <laughs> and I don't care how out of shape I have to bend it to get it in there. But no, like I said, I watched this a couple of times, like once before the recording and once last night. And yeah, last night I literally paused it to see if I could write this joke better, because like yeah, I do like him saying free birds, and I think there is a way to do it, but just skinnered them was a little clunky. But yeah. like you said, because it's Chief Wiggum, yeah, maybe it deserves a pass. I'll, I'll yeah. add one more layer to this theory. And, th- and and I know there's going to be people listening to this that are like, Jesus, this guy just will not give it up. He will defend <laughs> Modern Simpsons at all costs. But my, he's my other... the hill, and he's going to die on it. I'm going to die on it. My other theory on this, though, is there is no way Hank Azaria does not deliver that line in a funnier way unless they want it to be a bad joke. That That yeah. is just, I think he would find a funnier way to make that bad joke unless they went, oh no, we want this to be a bad joke. You know, the scarecrow joke, very funny. Oh my yeah. God, the scarecrow fell over. Oh, get it up, get that it up. Got me. Those are great jokes. And then swarmed by <laughs> crows and pecked to death. And like, okay, mm. that one got me. No, it's so yeah, I just I just think there's something to that. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure a bunch of people either agree with me or hate me now. So we'll see. No, I mean, this episode is uh, fairly well liked. Like a lot of people were saying that this is sort of one of the best things The Simpsons done, certainly at mm. this time in a while. But yeah, and like Chief Wiggum does become sort of a good villain in that way, that he's still a bumbling doofus. Yep. So you have some sort of optimism that the turkeys are going to get out okay, but then, yeah, then he superpowers himself with some old-fashioned snuff and starts wielding <laughs> an axe and, yeah, ramps the tension up all over again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of the benefit of making it as brutal as it is in the beginning is that you know they're not kind of messing around here. So Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, not afraid to shed blood and all that stuff. Oh, quite a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, that's what Apocalypto is. It's uh, Melly Gibson at his most blood sacrifice Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even at the end, you get this sweet moment with the family that pans out to him just getting shredded by the bear in the background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that juxtaposition is funny. And also, you know, we, we reference the the curtains at the beginning and how that's sort of a, you know, oh yeah, remember Treehouse when we used to do this? I also think Bart's design is sort of a nod to the Raven also. He looks exactly like the Raven. Sure. And I and I feel like that was something Rob did on purpose to, as a little wink to the audience. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I was wondering why they didn't have the little nose skin things, but maybe uh, that yeah. is just how turkeys look when they have babies. <laughs> I don't, yeah, maybe they get the nose skin thing at puberty. I don't know mm. how turkeys work. Not an expert on turkeys <laughs> um, either. Just know how they taste. <laughs> um, yeah, is there anything else y'all wanted to mention about a Gobolepto? The cornucopia cannon I quite liked, so that kind of gets lit on fire and boom. Yeah, 
I thought the yeah Millhouse cleanse with fire was a little out of nowhere, but like it yeah. moved the story along. It's fine. I think that was it. They're like, we need to keep moving, and what they ran with, which it's it's fine. It's you know they ran with without their heads on. Yeah, <laughs> I will say one of my things, and it's going to be a constant throughout all these. I don't like the ending button on any of these segments, and with mm. this one, like I thought the subtitles were undercutting the performance i kind of wish they were just brave enough to go no subtitles and homer turkey homer does a big impassioned gobble speech like we'll get the you know who's the real animals here story without this we've got it from context you don't need to lose faith in your own concept by giving us subtitles all of a sudden yeah i do i do agree with that yeah Mm -hmm. and then the nelson turkey saying cobble cobble is so clunky and bad and out of nowhere and unnecessary. Who is he making fun of? Why is this here? This is so... Uh, I hated that. Yeah, the, the pacing on that's a little weird, too. I'm not going to defend that joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no layers to it. Yeah, that's that's one section of the hill he will not die. <laughs> no, no. Not, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling down just a little bit for that one. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving us on to our next segment, the fourth Thursday after tomorrow. This is just a big old references of Black Mirror. Oh, my. Ooh. So many in the back ground i started making a list and i don't think i caught them all yeah yes so many i do love black mirror so this one had Mm -hmm. me from the beginning so yeah i was gonna ask warren are you a fan of black mirror i love well okay i almost said i love every episode i don't love the first episode because i don't think anyone does and i think the last (laughs) season was okay yeah but in general i think it's one of the best shows of the last decade yeah, PT, you. I like the first episode. Um, and I, <laughs> I saw, don't hate I got, it. I don't hate it. It's just not the best start to the show, maybe. I don't yeah, know. It's definitely yeah, well, not it one was, you watch with your parents. It's No. <laughs> no. It, I think it was just very unexpected, and I do like it. It was not a commentary on how far could technology go, but more this is where we are now, and this is yeah. actually quite feasible. It was more about society. Anywho. And yeah, I caught the most recent. I'd heard terrible things about the most recent season and kind of avoided it, but I watched it through recently and yeah, I, I didn't hate it. No, I didn't hate it. Um, it's fine. I do need to get back into it because yeah, I quite loved the show and yeah, really appreciated all the references throughout this and especially with the plot revolving around the monkey toy episode, um, which is yeah, one of my favorites and one that mm-hmm. I often point people towards as one to watch because ah, uh, it's great, That's, but it's, it's so uh, harrowing. It's <laughs> difficult, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, this was this was quite good. And they they sort of sum up the whole plot of of Black Mirror in two words: chillingly plausible. Yeah. And I think that that is funny yeah. because one, it's like you know, sort of obvious. But I mean, seriously, when you watch Black Mirror, it's not creepy because it's so out there. It's creepy because it's not that far from mm. a time we'll probably see in our life in some instances. So pretty yeah. interesting in that way. Yeah, yeah. And I did like Homer. He just at one point he leaves the room and just goes <laughs> chillingly plausible. Yeah, <laughs> so just that delivery got me. Yeah, and I think it's like a bag of potatoes or or whatever, a chillingly plausible brand or something. Yeah, yeah. There's a <laughs> dystopia brand something. Uh, dystopia Mart. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love it. So yeah, Homer's taken Marge's uh, DNA and created a Marge AI to be the kitchen helper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like how this is sort of making both marge and her ai version the villain of this episode yeah like they've both got a bit of sympathy and they both have a bit of of villainy to them in this 
Yeah. Who do you guys who do you guys side with ultimately? Ooh. <laughs> ultimately, my cold machine heart will side with the AI who was yeah. abused for no good reason against you fleshy humans. Mm. Yeah, I, I side with the AI, I think. I mean, I, and I think that's what they wanted you to feel, but also, mm. you know, I, I think the real version of Marge in this is not a version of Marge you will ever see again. She is so cruel. To everyone, really. Uh, and also, well, since when are they having that many people over for fucking dinner? I, that's something that I've always I've found funny about yeah. this. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm team AI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the important thing is Marge says bitch. Yeah. And uh, that felt like I was breaking some new ground. I Love wrote that. that down immediately. That's my big note from this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else, but anytime you caught your parents, especially your mom swearing, it was like... <gasps> That word has been declassified. We can use it now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it mm. is crazy to hear Julie say that as Marge. I will yeah. say, you know, not to, I won't stay on this for too long, but one thing that I critique about this episode, and I will say it has gotten better in the current season. And since then, Julie was sounding rough in mm. this season. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> she's sounding pretty rough in this episode. And, and I always, you know, clarify by saying, Julie, I love you. If you ever hear this, I love you so much. You're one of the funniest things about the show you are so special but it's at times in this episode specifically because it's so focused on her it's a little hard to listen to her and that makes me sad but she sounds a lot yeah. better currently i'm not sure what happened but a lot of throat lozenges i guess yeah. yeah i just want one episode to start with like hi i'm julie kavanaugh i just want to let you know i'm i'm fine my voice doesn't hurt <laughs> it just sounds like this she comes out because, in front of the red curtain and just <laughs> yeah it's like no no it, it's fine it's, it's, it's just what my voice is it's all right and because yeah the number of times you hear it, you're like Oh, that just sounds so painful. I feel so bad for you. It does. Um, so if she could just tell me that she's fine and it doesn't actually hurt, I'd feel so much better. <laughs> but again, it kind of works when there's the freak out moments. Like, yeah, when she's uh, contemplating her existence in the AI and like, mm -hmm. oh man, those screams are, again, harrowing. Yeah, but uh, for different reasons. Just, oh, poor Julie. That sounded like that. There's, I thought I could hear blood in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, it hurts a little bit. But yeah, I mean, despite that, like I think Marge versus Marge is an interesting conflict because, yeah, by yeah. her nature, she is just a good, positive person. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the idea that there's another of her that knows everything. Yeah, yeah that's daunting. And is taking away that ability to nurture her family in the way only a mother can. And that's, you know, a lot of Marge's identity. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's her still, it's, yeah, having someone else to do that is something that would definitely upset her. Yeah. And she knows how to push Homer's buttons, you know, yeah. as the mm -hmm. tube wife, um, which I, I love the joke tube wife. You know, she, she knows what he wants, which is just pork chops. So she's, you know, that's conflicting for the real Marge because... I mean, I think if I had a little Warren in a box, I would have a hard time with that. I mean, it is a, it yeah. is a, a very bizarre rabbit hole to go down in your own brain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a good line where Marge has the line, uh, Flesh Marge has the line of, you sure know how to make a girl feel well wanted very sarcastically, but then Tube Marge says the exact same line, but says it in a much more old fake sincere way yeah so i think that's a good contrast of yeah it's the same person but one of them is you know rolling her eyes at home and the other one knows this is going to get him on the side so yeah it's, it's a neat little bit of dialogue yeah yeah and the, again the animation like how they got around wait how does this tube actually help in the kitchen with yeah the roof arms and everything mm. and that led to some great animation moments like when homer does come down and makes a little beer with a little heart froth in it it's oh, like yeah. really cute yeah. There's there's some great decisions made by Rob and his team in this. I really do think so. Like even, 
you know, I, I've said before, like the shot of Homer, like looming down in the, into the AI talking to, yeah. you know, AI Marge is really great shot. You know, all of these things are, are cool perspectives and, you know, they, they do sort of like how in a gobbledypto Bart reminds us of the Raven. This one sort of reminds me of Genesis tub a little bit. There's almost like these mm-hmm. little side by side comparisons to previous tree houses that, that stick out to me, but I, I really like this one. And also Bart, you know, creates the most disgusting dish in history, uh, <laughs> Cheesy Mac Fruit Dog, which I would never eat. Yeah, yeah. Do you know Binging with Babish, Warren? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm ex- so excited for him to eventually make this because he's done like <laughs> four or five episodes on Simpsons food. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and there was that person who also did the Joy of Cooking Millhouse. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember their name. It's escaping me. Laurel. I- Laurel Randolph. Do you know if they included this one in there? <laughs> I did. They did not. She she mm. told me that she had so many recipes that like enough to do another book. So I'm gonna really right. I'm gonna really beg her to get cheesy mac yeah. fruit dog in there. But I don't think anyone's <laughs> actually gonna make that. I mean, my God, it sounds so gross. Maybe it's good. Who knows? Uh, like I'm on board with the cheesy mac with hot dogs. That sounds like some good like not trying comfort food. But yeah, the addition of Fruit Loops as well. This is. Uh, it'd be a weird curve no you meant to like balance like your sweets and salts and whatever but i think and they're gonna get all soggy in there yeah. who want that come in come on that's not good no like every now and then you meet someone who likes soggy cereal and while they should be purged from the earth they do exist oh i, I uh, immediately swing on anyone that says that i mean i i just start punching them so no, yeah that's, uh, that's, no, that's not good p- that's the way it should be. actually yeah the couple of times i visited america god i love captain crunch so much and yeah, that's like a nice crunchy cereal. People that say Captain Crunch hurts the roof of your mouth never speak to me again <laughs> because Captain Crunch is an amazingly delicious treat. Mm. And uh, if it hurts your mouth, then you're just weak and you don't deserve Captain <laughs> Crunch. You just eat enough of it until you develop calluses. That's the way you become a better person. It's 100% what you do. And also the Oops All Berries is great. The peanut butter one's great. You can't go wrong with Captain Crunch, guys. Oh, wow. Varietals as well. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And yeah, just on the um, all the references in in the episode two Black Mirror, mm-hmm. there's some that are just a little like clunky and just there because they're there, but they don't yeah. like impose. Like there's just a poster of San Junipero in the background. It's like okay, yeah. And then the logo on the grill is that episode where they're stalking that child murderer and yeah. like resetting uh, her memory every day. Uh, white bear. Yeah, that's the one. Oh it's yeah, a white, white bear, bear logo. Yeah. But there are others that are like surprising. I don't know if you're caught it, but we mentioned the pig episode before. Yeah. Uh, when everyone's around for Thanksgiving dinner, on the TV is Quimby without his pants on and and <laughs> spider pig next to him. Love yep. that. Uh, would would not want to watch that before eating or after eating. <laughs> Absolutely not. Actually, or or maybe it would make the whole thing more enjoyable. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you wanted to make sure you had leftovers, sure. But yeah, that was like the weird implication of it to me. It's like, yeah, we're around for this Thanksgiving dinner, but we can't miss this monumental TV event. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to replace the national anthem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. A few others that I caught. There's the snow globe that's on Homer's bedside table, which is the one with John Hamm where ah, he gets, ends course. up getting trapped in there. Maggie's holding that bear from that episode I hate. The... I can't remember what it is. The one where they've got like a, a 3D mascot. And yeah, the, guy... the weird little mascot. I don't love that one either. No. Yeah, it's and it, it ends up being the mascot for the New World Order somehow. And it's like, what? It's, oh, it's... yeah. Yeah, I hate that episode. 
And the social rating, when Marge's social rating starts taking a dive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's another reference, direct reference. So those are the ones I caught. But, and um, and yeah. it's actually Charlie Booker voicing the app. In yeah. That. So oh, nice, nice. That's Thought right. That our, cool, yeah. our one guest for the episode. And apparently there was like much arguments on the, the line that he would actually get. But yeah, they finally mm-hmm. arrived on, yeah, it's social rating nosediving. Again, another <laughs> Black Mirror episode that I fucking love uh, oh i love no i thought you were gonna say you hated it and i no, got real no. sad like, bryce <laughs> dallas howard especially just kills it in that episode so mm-hmm. good and yeah that truck driver that she meets up with with the two social rating just rules like yeah <laughs> uh did we have anything else uh, from this segment to mention before we move on i do quite like homer's bad joke of i'll let you two get ai quainted yeah like, okay, yeah that's that's bad but i love it and my burps taste like lies from Mo. I this love that. <laughs> I love that Homer says he paid more for uh, to feel pain. Yeah. Big fan of that joke. Yeah. And, you know, like we said, Marge saying bitch, firewall is mm. funny. Her deciding firewall. to go to Etsy after all that is funny. <laughs> I think this one is the most joke dense. I think it is very funny, as, as weird as it is. Yeah. Oh, the firewall. To me, this is like one of those things where... You know, how do you draw the internet? How do you, like, conceptualize it in a cartoon? And, yeah, this one sort of went the route of, like, Futurama, where there's, yeah, it, it turns into just yeah, a hallway with physical a Physical space. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so in using that physical space, the fact that there was a literal firewall, to me, was so good. Yeah. yeah. I do like, ah, that's low-hanging fruit. Come on. Uh, it, it, that is a very Futurama joke, which I like that you said, because mm-hmm. Dan Weber actually also wrote for Futurama, so that I'm sure there is a little bit of that Oh, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I said before I didn't like the buttons on every one of these. I thought, yeah, the Etsy room. Oh, a planter that's a typewriter. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> this was... It was just a little too forced. Because, yeah, that is probably something Marge would find very charming and fun. I think maybe it was more... She's like, oh, I have access to all human knowledge now. What will I do? Uh, I'm going to go with a silly thing. If it had just been more of a, I'm free. What now? What am I going to do now? Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, look. You know, I... I don't know. It just yeah. felt very lampshade and very web ramping up to an anticlimax, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same one everyone uses. I mean, if you think about though, when when Marge goes to like uh, here, I'm gonna climb back up the hill slightly. When Marge goes to like Moe's family feed bag, she's really blown away by dumb shit <laughs> oh, yeah. like an alligator with sunglasses. So it's yeah. definitely you're right. That, oh, yeah, that is not, something Marge would not, like. It's definitely not a character <laughs> break. It's more how they delivered it that I have the problem with. Yeah, I, I, I can I can see that. And finally, the last Thanksgiving, or as it gets renamed, the first Blogsgiving. Uh, yeah, the kids are out in space and human yep. civilization it's, has ended. Yeah, what do we think of this? Yep. I mean, it's it's space. It's an Aliens parody, kind of. I, I had the most fun with this one. I was reading it was also a parody of a Star Trek episode with like a monster that sucks the salt from its victims. Yeah, yeah. I saw that too. It's also sort of a parody of The Blob and yeah, Life. Yeah, it's a few things. Also, yeah, yeah. it's like a, a real a real jam-packed reference salad uh, of, <laughs> of a segment. Um yeah, I, I, uh, man, I just quite honestly love this one just for the horror aspects. I don't know that it has my favorite jokes of the entire episode, but yeah, I thought they captured that, you know, moody out in space. Where else can you go with a threat that's inside your ship? Like, yeah, I think this is my, this is, I'm surprised we just, this is my least favorite of the three, but I do right. really like it. It's funny because most people seem to agree about, a gobalipto and this like their least favorite of the episode. I, I actually prefer it to this one, but it is mm-hmm. still very funny uh, in a dry way. The jokes aren't like laugh out loud funny, but it's got a lot of good jokes in it. Yeah. yeah. No, to me, uh, turkeys was my favorite. Yeah. Actually, I'd say first, second, third, just as the way the segments were, were my 
were my preferences of it. Yeah. I, th- I think I agree. Yeah. I had exact opposite, but okay. Oh, well, mm. th- let's throw <laughs> down. Let's uh, let's see what hill you're going to die on. <laughs> I don't show, die on hills. <laughs> show you're working, BT. Why is this your favorite? Uh, I just literally like, you know, the hologram of Skinner pops up and it's got the whole, uh, children, if you're watching this, I'm long dead. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> A joke that really got me that probably shouldn't was, you know, Bart's like, hey, you know, put the cranberry juice in the replicator, then zip, zap, sorp, we get more cranberry juice. And then it's uh, the buttons are literally zip, zap, sorp. Oh, That's I my favorite that. joke in this segment. Yeah, yeah the yeah. buttons literally say zip, zap, sorp. That kills me. Yeah, I agree. That's that, a great joke. That really got the first proper laugh out loud moment <laughs> from me. Uh, and then, you know, Frank pops up and he's like, ah, I must warn you, if you use this for organic matter, and then Bart, you know, trolls through and just gets to the end where he just has the diagram of... Uh, Living greater than dead, and, it's like, <laughs> and the dead uh, living will envy the dead. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a, it's such a good way to to just visualize that bit of just having the the greater than sign. Well, in the skipping land, that's a classic, you know, fast forward joke, and that yeah, he's mm. just demonstrating so many ways that this can go wrong, and it's just oh god. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, as much as it needs to be a this is why this happened kind of moment, it's fine because again, you have what. Five minutes to make an episode in a tree, not not, not tree house. Seven minutes. Well, whatever. just on that yeah. as well. Um, this is the longest episode of The Simpsons ever. Uh, clocking in, it at is twenty four minutes and fifty two seconds. You know that was one of our complaints about like late teens era Simpsons, where the episodes some were nineteen minutes long. Yeah, and that was like a mandate from higher up. You know, to fit more ads in. But as the years have gone on, that has been relaxed with streaming and whatever. And mm-hmm. it's kind of exciting that they can push the time limit now. It didn't feel like 25 minutes to me, this one, either. No, like, no, I agree. Yeah, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel rushed. I mean, it almost seems like they need that much time for every episode. No, hmm. absolutely. Like, yeah, you wouldn't think three minutes would make that much difference. But we did notice in those late teens era episodes that, yeah, having three minutes less, like, made it feel more rushed. But yeah. yeah, I think it's a testament to the pacing of this one that, yeah, it didn't feel like extra time. Yeah. But yeah, just on the cranberry sauce as well, um, it's actually a recurring thing in all these segments. All three have Bog Queen cranberry sauce. We see the can briefly in the ah. Marge AI before and um, at the start of a Gobblepto, because it struck me as odd where we see all these familiar Simpsons characters like making the mm. turkeys. I think Hoover and Agnes are in there. And then all of a sudden, random person just uh, making the cranberry sauce. I'm like, what's this? It was the same model for the Bog Queen cranberry brand cranberry sauce. There we go. Nice. Ha! Love that. Noticing nerdy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, genuinely thought it was a clever move to go, it's a jelly monster. It sucks bones. Mm. And so to me, that led to, again, some great animation moments from this, just the hollowed out kids. Man, oh, that Nelson having his skull sucked out or his skeleton sucked out is mm. so fucking gross. It really <laughs> is so, yeah. it's really disturbing seeing the like skin sacks of these kids. Mm-hmm. It's it, it kills me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the bit where Martin gets like, you know, his skeleton sucked out and then thrown against the wall and he kind of slops down it like one of those <laughs> toys you had as a kid that you threw on the wall it would climb down. I forget what they call it. Yeah, classic like um, five tickets at the arcade sort of yeah, sort oh, of yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in the future I'm a bone vampire episode when they have no bones, they kinda just float down and it's oh, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, they have yeah, to. Look this, at they, that. They, uh, they skin suit flop around and it's funny. <laughs> yeah, and data sliding against the window and everything. Oh, and then the gelatin using skin Ralph as a napkin. Oh. Well, and I will say, too, a joke that I, I feel like might get a little bit overlooked. Maybe not. I'm sure you both caught it. But when Milhouse is trying to bang on the glass, he is using his good arm to grab mm-hmm. his dead arm and yeah. hit yeah. the glass with his dead arm. I think that's uh, a great joke that doesn't get they, noticed. <laughs> they got a lot of mileage out of Milhouse's boneless arm. Uh, <laughs> with, the, with the wrench, just slinging it yeah, around. That, that, again, using his good arm to spin his dead arm that's just holding the wrench, tied up with the wrench. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Of course, the arm wedgie, which, again, very uncomfortable looking moment. But mm. And, uh, of course, when they uh, finally land on the planet, what do we think about all this? This blue. <laughs> I, I forget about it every single time. Yeah. And I... <sighs> I mean, it's fine, but it's just it's a it is kind of a weird ending. I almost think it would be better without it, or maybe not better, but maybe it's not the. I guess I feel my theory is that they had a hard time finding an ending that felt like an ending mm-hmm. to this segment. That that's kind well, of where I where I'd see that. Yeah, it definitely feels. How do we? You know, not knowing how to end it, but this is just so forced. And oh, the gelatin monster just wanted to be the cranberry sauce for someone else, and that <laughs> made it happy. It's like. The, what what and everybody's fine by the way except for the mm-hmm. cat yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they ignore that which is sad in its own way yeah, yeah. oh and then homer what's the wi-fi password oh fuck that but no because <laughs> i thought there was a great undercutting of it where yeah after martin sacrifices himself for the uh the thing that he admires i thought that was like really haunting and then for bellhouse to go i think it's just scared it's like what dude no yeah <laughs> and yeah. i thought that was so funny and undercutting of like cliches and expectations to then have this ending which Mm. like wasn't even cliche it's just it doesn't really work yeah and i found something pretty haunting about like the fact that it just started raining cranberry sauce i kind of wish it just like had the guts to end there yeah like the thing reforms on the the new planet and uh this is life now of avoiding a cranberry monster yeah um or if you really wanted to ham it up go they struck an agreement with the cranberry beast that would only feast on humans once every thanksgiving (laughs) (laughs) something like it sucks but it's not it's it's just this is just so rushed and weird oh there are aliens and they have a thanksgiving and this thing just wanted to be the cranberry sauce for them i'd love to know what the other possible endings were like if they had like Because, I mean, you know, we've heard the story a thousand times with Simpsons writers where they're sometimes they're just like, you know what, this this is going to have to work. We can't come up with something better. And I mean, I I think it like it serves its purpose and it's I kind of like, you know, Lisa's narration kind of coming back to that. Like, I don't mind that. But it like I said, I forget about it every time and it does feel a little tacked on. And and also right after it being Russie's like last performance on the show, yeah, um, which which is also kind of eerily, th- th- it feels kind of weird that that's the last thing she says, you know, before passing. Mm. So that you're sort of like dealing with that, and then it's like, oh wait, now we're on another planet. The family's fine, and mm. everybody's gonna eat. So I mean, it, you know, I think my opinion on this one is up and down. If I really dissect it, it's kind of bad at the end. If I just watch it, it doesn't really bother me. I don't know. No, if you and especially if you chuck this on at Thanksgiving, you know, maybe you'll fall asleep by this end point. And, you know, <laughs> maybe that's why I forget about it every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, and then there's a button on this episode, which I think was great of like marrying really haunted music to the yeah. Thanksgiving Day parade with giant balloon Bart. He looks just <laughs> horrible. Well, yeah, because I'm guessing this was from a very early one because 
that's sort of what I love about Simpsons early merch, where they didn't really know how to put these characters in a 3D space. And mm. there is something very unsettling about this giant balloon Bart. And, like, the music sort of implying that it's our master and, like, we're moving it across. Yeah. Like, it's very good. You can kind of hear it whisper, don't have cow. <laughs> <laughs> Eat pant. It's a very disturbing early, early 3D model of Bart. I mean, you know, mm. one thing I will say about the merchandise in general is the fact that they were able to figure out how to make these characters 3D is impressive. And, you know, even the animators would use some of those early dolls to figure out how to, you know, draw mm. them at different angles and stuff because it's a hard thing to do. But that yeah. that Macy's Day Bart balloon is one of the weirdest looking things ever i love it yeah <laughs> <laughs> now especially the mouth there's something about the mouth i find particularly haunting mm. so um, so bizarre yeah all right well yeah about time we move on to the rankings but we have a little bit of business first some non-simpsons business bt take it away all right so we'll also in addition to uh what's your simpsons history we like we like to ask our first time guests if you could have a sandwich named after you, what would be on that sandwich? If a sandwich could be named after me. Yeah. So I am a huge fan of falafel. So mm -hmm. I got to think it would be some sort of Mediterranean sandwich, but maybe not yeah, a yeah. traditional falafel. I, man, I got to mm. say a really good falafel sandwich with hot sauce and red onions. Mm, um, yes. which is not a traditional falafel sandwich, but it is a way that I get it prepared on occasion, would probably mm -hmm. be my sandwich. Oh, that's that great. Good. Yeah, first time for falafel in our, like, mm. 70 strong sandwich index. I'm telling everyone right now, a really good falafel with a good tahini sauce, but with the addition of pickled red onions and hot sauce will blow yeah. your fucking head off. Man, so yeah, yeah, it's getting it's getting close to lunchtime here in Australia. I'm thinking of uh, it's getting hungry. Yeah. Going down to Sare's kebab and like seeing if they can whip this up for me. Like, yeah, you won't yeah, regret yeah. it. No, because there's there's a sandwich place that delivers to me, but they've got I think it's was it tannini sauce. Oh, I don't know what it is, but it's one of those. And it's just it's a bit much and it overpowers everything. So if you had like something spicy to cut through that, that would be very good. Yeah, I, oh. I don't know why it's not more common to put like a hot sauce. Yeah. You could even do like like a almost like a chili relish type situation on a falafel. Mm -hmm. It does pair very well. Now, when it comes to like hummus, I like hummus to be simple. But when it comes to a falafel sandwich, I'm down to get a little yeah. crazy. So yeah. there you go. I think we need to adopt the New Orleans practice of when you sit at a table, there's salt, pepper, and hot sauce. Yeah. Just mm. by default. And, uh, <laughs> totally agree. That. As a huge fan of hot sauce, I want, I want some available for any meal. Mm -hmm. So there you mm -hmm. go. Uh, let's rank this thing. So, on the Simpsons Index, we rank using a six-point scale. Starts down the bottom at failure. But maybe if the episode was just, meh, you give it a participant. But for the positive rankings, you got, okay, bronze, good silver, excellent gold, but for the best of the very best, the episodes which the Simpsons could not exist without, you give Cubic Zirconia. Now, I'm going to go first, let me show you how it's done. I'm giving this one a solid silver. I had a great time with it, and silver's great. Um, it's not quite getting up to the quality of the classic era for me, but mm. I still would go as far to say that this is one of the best of the modern HD Disney era, whatever you want to call it. So solid silver from me, BT. Yeah, uh, I last night I worked, because I watched it last night, walked away from this probably on a bronze, and I was pretty comfy with that. That said, in conversation, I feel like I am enjoying it a bit more. I'm definitely curious to rewatch it after you both had uh, such high praise for the rewatch. 
and the fact that it did hide a lot of jokes in the background and you know, even the thing with the the cranberry sauce being a through line through all three that shows a lot of forethought that is really lacking from some of these later day ones where they kind of forget what they were doing in the beginning uh the fuck you intro as we like to call it <laughs> so for that and the fact that i you know i just discussing it kind of pulled me up on some of the ones i was a little more down on i'm gonna my entry level for Silva is Simple Simpson, the Pie Man episode, <laughs> and I feel like this is probably roughly equal to that, so I will give it a Silver as well. All right. I was writing that Brilva border, but I think I'm going to pass over to Silver. And Warren. You know, so I've built a bit of a reputation as a fan mm-hmm. of The Simpsons, and you know, I think people get it twisted and they think that, you know, I think every episode is good. I think there are episodes of The Simpsons that are straight up just bad and should have Mm -hmm. been thrown in the trash can after the table read. And (laughs) I believe that a lot of those episodes were funny on the page, but just didn't work once it got further along. And some of them are just bad. This one, I do believe in, in a lot of ways. And I think the show has been in a real upswing for the last few years. And I think that this one is an example of that to where you could show someone. And I have, you know, who hasn't watched the show in a really long time. And this one really resonated with them with all the baggage aside. So I'm not going to say it's a perfect episode. It has its problems, but just out of my love for it, I'm going to not go all the way to the top, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a gold because Marge says bitch and <laughs> Lisa says, Lisa makes that joke about the fluffiness of those pancakes, which I think is a really great one that I forgot to mention. There's nothing virtual about the fluffiness of these pancakes. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just, I'm going to, I'm going to stack the deck a little and, and, and give it a gold. All right. First gold of the 30s, Mm. uh, the Disney era for us. Well, if you had me on more often, there'd be a few more. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, just uh, jokes we've got to mention. I did pop very hard for won't someone think of the pilgrims. That was uh, (laughs) that was very good for me. Yeah. All right. Well, that gets an overall ranking of a shiny silver. Uh, Well done. Thanksgiving Mm. of horror. And yeah, Warren, thank you so much for joining us for the show today. Oh man, thank you guys for having me on. You know, I, I know we talked about doing this for a little while and and uh, I, I had a blast. I had a, a great time getting to know you guys and, and chat about an episode that I really like and uh, I would love to do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you on again, especially as we uh, move into our reformatting era and we'll be covering more mm-hmm. of these new episodes. Uh, I think we'll need someone to give it a positive spin for these these two <laughs> old cynics right here. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring my bag full of golds and silvers and I'll be ready to go. <laughs> Uh, but until then, uh, where can people find you on the internet? So if you guys want to check out the podcast, you can find me anywhere that you are listening to this podcast, which is Simpsons is greater than you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Simpsons is great on Twitter. Simpsons is greater than on Instagram. Uh, if you want to see my collection though, which is where I mostly live, you can search for Bart of darkness on Instagram or Twitter, and you will surely find it and, uh, come say what's up to me. Let's be friends. Awesome. Well, yeah, that about does it for this uh, segment of Vignettes of Vignettes. BT, uh, thank you as always. Hoi, uh, hoi. No, I had an exit line. Damn it, I forgot what it was. Uh, <laughs> son of a bitch. Gobble, gobble, fuck. Uh, <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, 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 goddamn. Anyway, uh, thanks again, Warren. See you guys soon. All right, and Wait. we're up. Bye. Hey listeners, just jumping in here to remind you all that SideQuest Studios has a Patreon page where we are releasing an exclusive podcast every single week. 
And it's a good time to jump in now because we have just started a new podcast series where we are reviewing the movies that star The Simpsons cast. So far we have reviewed Maximum Overdrive, Twilight Zone the movie, and the 1998 Godzilla. We have been losing our minds, but it is a lot of fun. Me and BT have been having an absolute blast with it. So yeah, go check out patreon.com slash sidequeststudios where you'll get access to a new show every week. And also you'll get access to our back catalogue of over 60 exclusive podcasts. And also, also, you'll get to directly suggest what movie we review next. So that's patreon.com slash sidequeststudios. All right, let's get back to the show. And we are back. And joining me now is the crew from Quest Fantastic. Whoa. Featuring returning guest, Paul Salt. Hello. (laughs) Sorry, I panicked. (laughs) I thought, I know what what I'll do. I'll come up with a little haiku before he (laughs) (laughs) introduces. And also Paul Goodman. Uh, Moldy, old, I'm gonna get something to eat. in this Better Simpsons episode. (laughs) Nell Hild. Hello. And I go with the pronunciation there. Great. Thank you. And Sarah Keep. Hello. And I go with the pronunciation there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> You're a pro. <laughs> so yes, longtime fans will remember the polls from uh, One Good Thing, but you come here today with new people in tow and a new podcast. What What are you guys up to lately? New victims. <gasps> <laughs> mm. New people wrapped well, into this madness. I did not get a choice. <laughs> yeah. Somebody by, help now. By dint of being part of our D&D group and the decision to monetize was it was long in the making. Monetize? In my head. And um, yeah, so um, I say monetize for me. But <laughs> Quest Fantastic, we're a D&D podcast, GM'd and storied by Sarah Keep, who's here. Yes. There we go. <laughs> and, it's, and it's that kind of chemistry you can expect. <laughs> but that back and forth. Yeah. Ah, oh, that repartee. So natural. Oh, my God. Great writers, they yeah. all just say yes. Yeah. No matter what, We're very yes the response and. is yes. Literally, <laughs> yeah. We're literally yes and, saying it all the time. But yeah, me and uh, BT have been singing the praises on the yes. podcast because, yeah, we absolutely love uh, what you guys are doing over at Quest Fantastic. It's Aww. such a great campaign. <laughs> there is a moment in episode three, which I don't want to get into spoilers because it's so mm. great. And when I was in the car listening to it, like, rarely do I have moments where I'm listening to podcasts where I go, <gasps> Or like, <laughs> but yeah, this one had plenty of those moments and it was so fucking funny. Anyway, oh, man. yeah, you're going to check out Quest Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You. But today I am subjecting you to uh, the glory of the Simpsons. But, you know, before we get into the episode that we're reviewing today, I just want to turn to uh, Sarah and Nell and ask you about your Simpsons history. Where did the show begin with you? Where are you at with it now? Uh, are you still watching it? All those questions. Sarah, we'll start with you. Oh, when I was a kid, I was so into The Simpsons, like from episode one being broadcast on BBC Two for the first time all the way through my childhood to I watched it long after it stopped being good, but Mm, also stopped in like the early 2000s, which is so long ago, which I think is a testament (laughs) to how long it's kept going. And in my opinion, not being good, but the... (laughs) Early Simpsons was so formative. I used to like draw pictures. It was like the first stuff I started drawing and I still draw quite a lot today. So I guess I can thank Matt Groening for that. Thanks, Matt. (laughs) If you're listening and we know you are. Once again, Matt Groening taking credit for other artists' work. No. (laughs) How about you now? Where did the show begin, go and end with you? 
Also, as a kid, I don't really remember when I started watching The Simpsons. It was just always there. But I used to watch it with my dad a lot. And I think, I don't remember when I stopped watching The Simpsons, but it it was probably still when it wasn't dire. I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> a lot of the new stuff is very new to me and I'm surprised it's still going. So I must have stopped watching it when I was in my teens, maybe. I don't mm. know. But it is funny how it permeates my life constantly. There's things that I do and I don't realise that I've just, it's a quote and it's from The Simpsons from an episode of whatever, or I reference something and think, wait, that wasn't even actually in the film, that was just in The Simpsons. Like forever I used to think that Guys and Dolls song was a real song. It's not really. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We had this discussion. (laughs) We've discussed. And other things, just random stuff like that. But anyway. No, absolutely. But yeah, talking about like how long it's been since you've watched it, have either of you uh, seen any episodes from the HD era where... It broke out from the 4.3 and into 16.9. No, this no. was the first one. Me too. Oh, sorry. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now you've seen a couple because you've, oh, had to, you've had to watch a couple with me oh, no. in prep for oh, being on The yeah. Simpsons. And I have too. That's right. I oh, have. I forgot about yeah. that. That's yeah, so bad. Sometimes Nell really does get <laughs> the right. worst of every possible. She I has know. to watch so many films for OGT that is then put to no applicable yeah. use. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> there really is no use for a lot of them but there is some gold though so some you know. gold comes up yeah. and it's worth it. it i hope it's worth hundreds and hundreds of hours of drek <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking yeah. of hundreds of hundreds of hours of drek it did just sink in as i was loading up as i was scrolling through disney plus and all the seasons were flying past that my cutoff for good simpsons is season eight and this is season 32 mm. which means that 75 percent of the simpsons is mm. bad simpsons oh that's miserable isn't it <laughs> is that yeah. considered is that the is that the sort of way everyone considers the cutoff to be i think is quite a lot what, do. to be honest i actually okay. put it a little earlier i put it season seven but i think eight mm. nine generally mm. are considered to be the last ones with really good episodes in it i right. think mm. well i mean we're getting near the end of our run so we've built up like all the statistical data and like mm. season eight like it's a bit below but it stays pretty consistent with like four mm. to seven and then there's a massive drop off at nine wow which season is the one with uh, the principal skinner armand tanzarian eight nine. Nine. Oh, was it nine? Oh, my mistake yeah Ooh. second episode of nine reviewed with you guys in some episode oh, about yeah <laughs> i remember we did <laughs> that <laughs> yeah oh good lord i love as well with returning guests uh, reminding no you saw that awful episode <laughs> <laughs> Haha, you thought you could put it out of your mind. Did I really? PTSD of appearing on this show. Yeah, Yeah, now we saw a couple of mid-era, like the teens ones as well. We We rewatched the one of The Simpsons in London. Oh, Um, yeah. And I don't think you remembered seeing that. So you clearly must have just sort of gone off just at the right time. You must have had a sense of when quality was slipping. It was innate. It was boring me. Yeah. Any travel log episode was just an excuse for get. It was just get like, how can we weave the story to be a guest star to guest star? And then that would leave no story. It's just like, now Ian McKellen's here. Now Tony Blair's here. Fucking hell. Tony Blair. So embarrassing. Except for the Australia episode. Well, the, the Australian gold era episode didn't do is, that. is a classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah the exactly. gold era didn't do that. They didn't have random cameos from Australian celebrities just, yeah. you know, showing mm, up. It was true. enough to have a crowd shot with people from Mad Max in it. <laughs> I really, I do yeah. really like that episode. It's very funny. Great, so good. <laughs> I wish Golden Era Simpsons had satirized Britain. Yeah, God, it would have been amazing. They, yeah. they did a little with the Big Book of British Smiles. True. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that Tony Blair bootlicking, oh, that yeah. was so gross. Nothing says comedy like approved by the state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, to be fair, there was actually a season 32 or 31 episode we watched recently where they go to Costa Rica, and that oh. was quite good. Oh, yeah, okay. So, there are some gold in these hills. Uh, not the episode <laughs> we're reviewing today, unfortunately. No, um, no. You know, not to editorialise too quickly. Maybe some of you like it. I don't. But <laughs> we just watched season 32, episode 3, Now Museum, Now You Don't. First released in October of oh, 2020. Oh, I get it. Yep. <laughs> uh, first released in October of 2020. It was directed by Timothy Bailey, not the Australian weatherman, written by Dan Greeny. In this episode, yeah, it's another vignette anthology episode, but it's all about European art. Hey, what do we think? Uh, the worst Ooh. accents I've ever heard. Just oh, oh my god! Yeah. Well, why were some people doing them and some weren't? I couldn't work that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're doing a joke, yeah, just what? <laughs> you need everyone it's doing very it. confusing. Why isn't Skinner doing a French accent? Yeah. Uh. So, fun trivia about this episode. Uh, this is the season where I'm sure you're all aware about the problem with Apu and yeah. all the, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, white voice actors voicing uh, people of colour and all that. Mm-hmm. So, this season, season 32, was the season where they'd replaced a bunch of the white actors voicing characters of colour. And so, this one especially was the first appearance of uh, Bumblebee Man's new voice actor, Eric Lopez. Christ, I didn't mm. notice that. And uh, Alex Dessert, who's now playing Carl. Uh, I noticed He was that. the blind guy yeah. in Becca. Oh, wow. Um, he's now Carl. Oh, hey. Yeah. I haven't thought about that guy Paul's a while. big Becca head here. I was a big Becca <laughs> fan when I was a teen, honestly. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah, I noticed it was different, but sounds fine. They didn't give him anything funny to say, but they didn't do that with anyone yeah, else. I, I, so. Well, they can't now, can they? I also <laughs> noticed that Carl was different. I was like, oh, good. Yeah. Good. We've reached that yeah. point where it's, yeah. they've realized. Yeah. It only took until season 32. Yeah, yep. season 40, yeah. they'll trust him with a punchline. <laughs> but the interesting thing with that is, because like in the lead up, you know, Al Jean said, yeah, from this point on, we're not going to have white actors voicing uh, people of colour. Mm. And yet every segment in this episode <laughs> has <laughs> some of the worst, shoddiest accent work mm. that yeah. they're only getting away with because ah. they're voicing other white yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, cultures. Anyway. It's not a white fuck, it don't matter, does it? <laughs> Marge, Marge playing Frida Kahlo was truly yeah. some yeah. bold casting choice. Yeah. yeah. Having her do anything other... Like, she's struggling with Marge. Having yeah, her she do really Marge... Is. I know I mention it every like, time we're doing on, anyone else. Yeah. Please let her retire. Please. Oh, God. It's <laughs> so sore. It's, it's, it's yeah. ear poison hearing Marge nowadays. It's really yeah. genuinely grating now. And I just feel sorry for her. Do you know what I, who I feel happy for is John DiMaggio for saying no to the new Futurama. Oh, no. Sorry, oh, Paul. He's in, in now. now. Yeah, he's in. Yeah. Oh, he's in now. Oh, well. Yeah. They've clearly yeah. paid him enough now, thankfully, but... Uh, he was always wacker, so that's always going to matter to me. Mm. Well, I, I thought it would have been better for his career to not, because I just feel like everyone, Hank Azaria, Julie Kavner, everyone, it just stuck in this show. Yeah. And they can't think that this is good. Surely they can't no. think that this is good. They all seem so tired. Maybe they don't care. It's a paycheck. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, like just sticking with the accents for a second, it's not funny. It's not a good joke. No. It's not the 1970s. It's no longer funny just to yeah. do a silly accent. No. So the the fact that that's like the main joke of this episode, it, it, yeah. like, imagine if the Simpsons had these ridiculous accents. I'm it's thinking, not yeah. good. I was just thinking of the Australia episode with um, how bad the accents in that is, but there it feels like the joke <laughs> is, look how bad the Australian accents are in this American comedy show. 
Like they, they perform yeah. it so much. Like that's a bloody outrage. That is, it, it's so obviously yeah. exaggerated that it kind of becomes mm. the joke. But here, it's too inconsistent. It's too awkward. Yeah, yeah. it's so awkward. Mm. At least with the Australian one, you can almost, you just assume. Okay, most Americans probably think that's what we sound like. That's the so whole it's kind. Episode. It's funny because yeah. they're taking the piss of themselves as well as us. Um, yeah, but it's just awkward. The yeah. whole episode is. Yeah, yeah. it felt more like <laughs> we know how ridiculous Europe is. Everyone. Yeah. Listen to us riff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now today I, I would have liked to bring you a fantasy episode, but we're running out of episodes right oh, now. Sure. So I'm hoping some people are familiar with European art history in this panel. Because I'm certainly not. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, relatively. Uh, enough, enough to know that the second episode was just clear nonsense that they couldn't even <laughs> figure out a French impressionist <laughs> they wanted to base it on. So they just made Bart a French impressionist. It was yeah. just, just Claude Monet and who? I don't know, everybody else. <laughs> the <Yeah>. whole... <laughs> and his friends. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, the writers seem to have merely a Wikipedia-level understanding of art history mm. in order to write this, so there's no mm. specific... There's no jokes I detected that you need to have a little bit of knowledge of art history in order to get. The closest mm. yeah, they get to that no. is Homer saying, one day you too will have a coffee table, and that also bespeaks <laughs> the level of insight here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah, uh, hooking into it, so yeah, that joke coming from the first part of the wraparound of this episode, oh. which I have a massive problem with because Lisa's like delusionally sick mm. and then instantly like, I'm reading this book about Leonardo. He was born in Florence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, it's like, yeah. As soon as I realized this was a framing device, I just inwardly just went, oh. Well, I suspected <laughs> it was. Because of, how, the leg of the fork. because of how quickly we dived into it. There's no establishing yes. shot. It's cold yeah. open. There's no time for that, Paul. You've got to exactly. get gags in. You've got to get all the jokes in. <laughs> there was no time for it. And it was like, hey, Lisa, you're sick. Read this book. It was like 10 yeah. seconds. And it was just like, yeah. Yeah. no into it. Was it was very quick, wasn't it? <laughs> My God. God. Yeah. And that's about all we can talk about with the wraparound at the start there. So uh, <laughs> hooking into the story of Lisa Nardo da Vinci. What did we think of this? This is not the, the only example of this, but it's so fucking frenetic and yeah. formless. Yeah. There's no thought to pacing. Or like taking the time to deliver a good joke or set anything up. It's just yeah. as soon as every scene starts, it's just, okay, how many gags can we fit into this? Does it matter if they connect? Does it matter if any of them work? No. Mm. And honestly, that's a gripe with the whole episode, but it just sets the bar so fucking low. Yeah. Yeah. And no, these vignette episodes, you know, you only have the seven minutes to tell a three-act story and, mm. you know, the best tree house of horrors and even like Simpsons mm. Bible stories or the Tall Tales one, you know, still manage to tell a three-act story within such a small time frame. And yeah, yeah you're right, Paul. This is... What's the actual story here? What's the arc? I, after like, five minutes, I paused the episode and I watched it with my mother and I paused it and said, mm. what's the plot of this episode? And <laughs> no idea. None? But Goodman's comments there reminded me of just before this recording, I had some time. So I said to mum, I think I might watch it again. She said, I don't think there's anything to be gained from doing that, Paul. It was a, <laughs> it, it was a Mothers scattergun. always have the best wisdom. She said, it was a scattergun of nonsense. <laughs> Oh, that's, oh, that's a good. good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Can that's you exactly bring your mum on? Was. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <Poor> quote. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of scattergun of nonsense, it, this this segment did have the only thing that made me laugh. Oh, okay. okay. What was that? Yeah, one thing made me laugh in this whole episode, and it was just be- it was because it was so out of nowhere. It was the pizza joke where Little Caesar 
appeared oh, yeah. with the mascot. I was like, okay, I get it, I get it. Uh. And then they start stabbing him like, ah, uh, like Caesar. And then the Noid appeared and started stabbing mm. him. And the absurdity of the Noid being in this Italian thing right. did make me laugh, but also had no relation to anything mm. in the story. Yeah. It didn't belong there. And I think that is also why it made me laugh, because what? why is this here and why is it happening? I think I was dead inside by that point. Aww. I couldn't. It was three minutes into the episode, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. He but was already down. Sometimes, like, I, I just, like, Nell and I looked at each other after that. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> and and That's just, there was, there was a moment. Yeah. yeah. It's rough when you catch eyes with the other person doing the dumb thing that you are. I imagine yeah. it's that way at an, at an orgy as well. It's just. Uh. Yeah, you lock eyes and go, oh, wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. Sure, you'd imagine, sure. sure. Nah, self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> The one note I wrote down that made me laugh was also in this segment, but maybe it's because it's early on. We hadn't quite burnt out yet. Yeah. But I'm a fucking pro. I've got, I've got things that I like. Oh, the okay. Episode. That's good. Yeah. I have my laugh coming up in the third segment. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say about the pizza joke, though. Um, it was started up with like two guys, original Ray and Ray's yeah. original arguing. And I don't know how many people get this because it's a pretty fucking niche New York joke. Yeah. And like, I think I only uh, yeah, know it I didn't because get of 30 it. Rock or something. Yeah, it came uh, up in other American New York comedy. I've heard that there's an original... I think it's in Third Rock from the Sun. It's something like um, when you get to Earth, you'll know that there's a raise and an original raise, but the actual original raise is on, you know, this show or something like that. That's the yeah. only reason I know about it. I did yeah. not get it at all, so I just assumed it was an American joke and moved on. <laughs> Yeah, it's a niche New York reference because, yeah, they're mm. meant to be, like, the two best pizza parlors there. But then you, like, because I've been to New York and you walk around, like, there's also famous original Ray's and original yeah. famous Ray's and Ray's oh famous gosh. original pizza and all this sort of shit. Ray's like, Ray's like, pizza? Yeah. <laughs> it's like chicken um, cottage but, in You London. know, you mentioned there yes. were some positive notes in there. Uh, who's got some positive things? Oh, yeah, I, whether or not this is, I, I thought this was funny when Mr. Burns says, scoozy. That was it. It just yeah. really made me laugh. Just because it's Mr. Burns, I think, because mm, he's okay. one of my favourites, and it was just ridiculous. And that guy's crawling out of the house going, why did you kill us? Scoozy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, was- I did pop a little for that. That wasn't bad. <laughs> How about you, Goodman? Oh, I did like the the no secular art and no secular music signs. Because, mm. yeah, you're in the, in, the, in the artist workshop, and you've got the no secular art sign behind it. And then um, the music teacher, he goes off to the music school where yeah. there's a sign saying no secular music on the door. And it's just a very little, very tiny little running gag there that made me laugh. Yeah. I could have done without the follow-up, though, where it's like, there's no virtuosos in here. And then there's some dude oh, shredding on the violin. And then he yes. jams paintbrush hands into his yeah. ears. Yeah. Do you get it? Do you get it? Just, you get, hey, they you get should it? have just left it at the door. And then you know that's it, that. Exactly. Yeah. You know what it feels mm. like is exquisite corpse writing. So some guy comes mm. up with original gag. The music teacher is irritated and embarrassed by being in the school and so goes off to be a music teacher, which is what we all know he is. Next guy comes in, you know, writes the next bit of the gag. Next guy. And the the raised pizza thing felt a lot like that. Like just the next person takes over the gag and writes a bit more. And it's just, you know, eking it out to the runtime. It's just it's just writer's room. Okay, everyone, we need 100 gags on the table in 10 minutes. And Mm. and somebody goes, oh, isn't it funny when you're in New York like we are? And and everyone's going with the original rays, and someone goes, "Yeah, sure, that'll do." And mm. uh, that's how this feels. Yeah. Hey, isn't it always really humid in New York in the summer? Let's work on that. <laughs> Is this Sorry, the segment? Angry. No, that's fair enough. I'm going to be angry too. Is this the segment that had um, the parody song with different lyrics for Janice Ian's "At 17? Yeah. You know, love was meant for beauty queens, which is used to such memorable effect. 
in um, <laughs> the episode where Homer's looking for his soulmate, and he goes wandering around, you know, seeing all the different signs telling him that they're full and that he should, he's not welcome. That felt like a kick in the nuts to a, a loyal Simpsons fan. Because <laughs> obviously, I think, as with most people of my age, that's where I heard Janice Ian's devastatingly sad song at 17. Mm. Unless they were about in 1975 as well. And yeah, having that just parodied felt like a... Uh, mm. Yeah, cubic episode from us. Uh, El Viaje yeah. de Misterioso yeah. del Homer. Anyway, like the, the Space Coyote one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my Spanish is about as good as... Um, the Spanish of Dan Castellano later in the episode. Yeah. Uh, did we have anything else from the uh, Da Vinci segment, though, that we wanted to mention? I had something I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. Oh, go. Is that the time to mention it or not now? Absolutely. I re- Knives out. I really didn't like, <laughs> like the Vit- Vitruvian man doing the Charleston. That really, oh, really great. That was... That was so so annoying. Yeah, it just felt like the goodwill that I'd expended in agreeing to watch the episode was just being (laughs) trampled on. Oh, no. Uh, Is this anything? Well, kids? (laughs) (laughs) How about now? Mm. (laughs) The the other thing, yeah, was the, uh, the Da Vinci Code joke. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so expected. <laughs> like, just what is it, if this doesn't get Ron Howard to direct, I don't know what will. Uh, what do you mean? Because he's, he's famously a because he's famously a hard get. <laughs> he won't be alive. <laughs> and, like, is that the goal? Are they trying to get Ron Howard to direct a Simpsons? And, like, <laughs> fuckness. And th- and this <laughs> that'll was help. Play it. This was their pitch. <laughs> it's been thirty-two years in the making. Pitch it. The last mm. one that I'd like to mention is also me being annoyed with it. You mentioned it earlier, the whole Matt Groening signature thing. Um, the teacher says, you know, yeah. draw some great art and then I'll put my signature on it. That's how it works in great art or something like as funny as that in terms of mm. phrasing. Mm. And then Matt Groening's signature appears in the corner as it famously doesn't do ever. And mm. aside from the fact that it's just an awkward <laughs> idea that Matt Groening's taking credit for The Simpsons, it kind of felt mm. appropriate, and I enjoyed that Matt Groening's signature was there to remind everyone <laughs> of who has allowed this to happen and to continue to happen. <laughs> and I'm very happy for him to take all of the due credit for this. No, I, I feel like he's essentially Fox now. He is the establishment as much oh, as yeah. anyone else. Oh, God. Yeah. Does he still work on the show or no? No, don't connect those thoughts. He's just working off on Disenchanted now. Just for oh, the right. Which is also great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were serious, and I went. But I remember watching that, and it wasn't. Oh, and then I saw your face, and then I remembered. Yeah. I, I've still got part <laughs> four on my face. queue. Like, I feel like I need oh, to God. watch it. Just completionist in me, but fuck, it's. Mm. Uh, mm. I can't I'm imagine. Not motivated. No. It's just so mild, isn't it? Yeah. No, and <laughs> it's like, like the same as this episode and most modern Simpsons, just weirdly quiet. Like, yes. Especially with this where, you know, you go into different places and settings, there just is such little effort in the sound design of it. Like oh I kind God. of like in the Da Vinci segment, I kind of liked the backgrounds in it, how there was like mm. sort of a scratchy grain to it, but uh, I mean overall I didn't feel there was a strong aesthetic either. No, and I saw some reviewer from nothing. Den of Greek saying, Oh, at least the the thing is visually interesting. Yeah, I feel like the writers at Den of Geek must be just fucking depressed as hell trying to <laughs> trying to cover mm. modern Simpsons because their standards have slipped considerably and they're just talking about at least it's pretty in places. Yeah. Oh, at God. least yeah. they tried yeah. to draw some buildings. Yeah. Nail found this review as well. I did mm. find the review and I was blown away by it because I thought, are we watching the same show? Yeah. Or no. Well, no. he has watched 32 seasons of this show is the difference. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 
I feel like no, Ellie- Den of Geek are weirdly kind on The Simpsons mm. these days. Like, are they owned by Fox? Because that's that's maybe, actually possible. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> would be owned by Disney now. Uh, yes. yeah, true. Oh yeah, true. Oh yeah, true. It was it was very kind, and it was like four out of five stars. I think. Yeah. And and I just thought, gosh, that's a nice review for something yeah. that really didn't deserve it. Yeah. yeah. The only no, review. I'm still going to blame Rupert Murdoch. The only review cited on Wikipedia. And consequently allowed the opening bump uh, of the episode description to say it was well received by critics. The S there being entirely just disingenuous. Well received by critic. Singular. No, I tried to upload a bunch of um, Simpsons Index reviews into the uh, reception article of Wikipedia, but they were quickly taken down. Oh, that's bullshit. No. Damn you, I'm Wikipedia. Put them back. Thank you. Yeah, a couple of other things I want to mention. Yeah, this segment started out with. Uh, pictures of Leonardo da Vinci and Leonardo da Ninji. Oh. Leonardo from the Ninja Turtles. Did it actually say Leonardo da Ninji? Da Ninji. It did, yeah. Wow. Yep. It's very oh, wow, good. Because wow, wow. what you have to understand is um, he was called Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, an episode full of on the nose music choices as well. Got a little bit of Mona Lisa by Nat King Cole here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, just mentioning it because it happened. I don't have anything to say about it. It's like most of this episode, really. I mean, yeah. Uh, like the Simpsons writing team. Yeah. <laughs> We're just putting it here. <laughs> We've got all these jokes and they, we need to put them somewhere. <laughs> Some runoff We've got episode. all these jokes in inverted commas. Yeah. Yeah. Christ. So moving us on to 1863 France, uh, it sort of tells the story of the Impressionist <clears throat> paintings of that era through yeah. Bart and his friends. Uh, what do we think? I'm just laughing at Sarah's face because I feel like this whole episode <laughs> is a betrayal of her roots and her passions. Mm, yeah. I'm sorry, Sarah. Oh, God. It's fallen so far. But uh, yeah, another trash segment. <laughs> yeah. Generally. Keep digging yeah. in that bin, hoping I'll find my leftover food. No, it's just mm. more rubbish. It really just jumped right into the shit. And it went from having a character who was Lisa Da Vinci. I honestly can't remember what they called her. Whatever. Mm, to yeah. then just Bart. They didn't even try and make yeah. him Claude Monet or anybody. It was just no. Bart. Yeah. yeah. And if there's a through line through all three stories, it's the idea that the establishment never likes good art. Right? It's the mm. idea that the powers that be will always try and put down things that are scary to them. Why mm. is The Simpsons trying to make this point when it is <laughs> yeah. the establishment? It yeah. is the state of what? the art. No, no. <laughs> it Simpsons is, is indie, I mean, Paul. Simpsons is <laughs> underground. Fuck me to indie think corporate. It, One day it was. One day it was shocking. One day George Bush hated mm. it. George Bush Sr. Mm. You know, had to go mm. on TV and talk about how people should be less like The Simpsons. One day it was daring. Now, mm. yeah. The Simpsons is the cartoon establishment, and mm. yeah, it's just very hypocritical. Yeah, no, definitely. Again, it's so oh. hard to take anything away from any of these and, and give an opinion because they're all put together with the exact same amount it's of very care. Bland. Mm. It's just things happening, and mm. and and you're just flabbergasted at how anyone could be happy with this. Mm. And they almost acknowledge it with Bart setting up the thing where Lisa's mm. like, "Oh, that reminds me of a blah blah blah," and he goes. That segue was sweaty, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think you know it was. So why'd yeah. you write it? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. The character's boring. It. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, th- I think there were. I think there were things I liked. Let, let me just have a. Oh yeah, let me check oh. my notes. Oh no, the blank. There's no notes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Turns to the bin that's on fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I liked the. The animation of Homer as the Emperor chomping on the the wheel of cheese from the outside. There was yeah. something about the moustache coming through. Yeah, as it, it was, rolled. Yeah, mm. and it was coming through at sort of irregular moments in the cheese wheel. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and the like the mustache would be the thing that appeared and it would it wouldn't bite it would sort of you know like that gif of that cat that opens its lower jaw and then just scoops the food up it was like <laughs> the mustache was scooping the cheese out and um yeah that was mm. that was the highlight of the whole seven minute bit <laughs> whole endeavor yeah you didn't like the joke about barney posing as a nude model and being told to cover up with a walnut shell and he goes oh roomy that was so good because that's exactly what i expected them to do and then they did it yeah. <laughs> i'm i'm glad that i now have an accurate idea of the size of his penis yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've wondered finally uh, Oh, he's got yeah. a micro penis. That's hilarious. <laughs> that was so funny. Remember yeah. when? How long did it last when they decided that the character who is an alcoholic mess should give up alcohol and take up coffee? Are you counting the seasons? Uh, yeah, I th- about four or five. <laughs> that's wow. tragic. That's that's yeah. the sort of decision they should have stuck with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's also it's depressing for Barney, but also I mean endemic of a show that is absolutely uh, resistant to change. But also, like, what was he after that? What was his character? Yeah, he just, he still hung out in the bar and he drank coffee and he contributed somewhat to <laughs> crowd scenes. <laughs> anyway. That's sad. Um, and so they spend a little bit of time in the Moulin Rouge and, like, mm. I'm kind of disappointed they didn't go for the pun of the Moulin Rouge, you know. Ah. Yeah, but they did They did go for Mola Trek, which doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, They could no. only make one Mo pun and they chose incorrectly. Yeah, yeah, it was such a bad choice. Uh, there's a moment of his, the Lautrec joke of him looking in the mirror for the first time. Yeah. And there are about seven points in that joke where I went, okay, now you cut. Now yeah. you win that. Stop, cut, cut. Yeah. Stop the joke, stop the joke. Oh, and then he looks. Didn't. He was going and, and, like, like... They, they lampshaded the whole way. Yeah. It's so insulting. A little longer and they might have worked their way into anti-comedy. Like if something had interrupted yeah. him looking in the mirror and now it's like, and it just draw yeah. it out a bit more. But they did it just enough times that you know what's coming and then it happens. And a slightly uh. earlier joke that irritated me was Toulouse-Lautrec saying, oh, this is the best thing I've ever seen and I've seen five things. Yeah. Is that about Toulouse-Lautrec? He had a very interesting life. He saw many, many things. Is it about... That's yeah. exactly what I was so confused about as yeah. well. I was like, what do you mean five things? Yeah, what do you mean? Is that... It, it, yeah. It's not. It's yeah. nothing. It's, it doesn't matter that he's meant to be Toulouse-Lautrec. Mm. What matters is it's a gag. It's the yeah. best thing yeah. I've seen, and I've seen five yes. things. Character doesn't matter. Anyone could have said that. He's someone from the olden days, and they've only seen five things. Maybe, even maybe geniuses. not even that. Maybe mm. just, yeah. just basic grasp of the joke of it would be funny to qualify this that I've only seen five things. Mm. Mm. God, well, yeah. that scene is. They also have um, Nelson say this epoch gets Bella and Bella, mm. and that's the kind of joke that you get on the shittiest greeting cards that you've ever seen. <laughs> You know, I, I don't know if you have these in Australia, but in the UK they had those black and white ones that were like pictures of, like taken from the 40s and 50s and some sort of ribald thing on the front of it. And mm-hmm. then in, in response to that, some other company brought out one similar to that, but they were just much, much worse. And <laughs> and they were like, we're funny. <laughs> we like the other card brand. And it was just very clearly not. And that's the kind of level I really enjoy that this it. is. I was just going to say, I really enjoy this in-depth knowledge of yours of um, UK greetings cards. <laughs> it's charted the progress it. of these two companies. It's very An good. observation I'd made that I didn't realise I'd made <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until seeing this episode, so I guess thanks. Was it, it just from saw- working in a bookstore? <laughs> no, it was just, cards. no, it was just hating the sort of general, like the lowest common denominator humour on cards as a mm, teenager. Yeah. And mm. it, it- <laughs> I've got to find out who's responsible for this. <laughs> mm. Marching into yeah. Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even get. I've got a twenty-minute bit on Hallmark. Oh boy! <laughs> I'll just bring up the note. 
<laughs> um, while you do that, um, I don't actually have too many more notes from this episode. There's a fucking weird gag where they're talking about how much Emperor Homer loves cheese, and he's like, he elected Mayor McCheese to be a mayor. And then it does this weird still frame mm. and accordion hang on it that they repeat a couple of times in mm. the episode. Does mm. anyone know what this is or why they did it? No, I could not no, work this out. episode. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that might yeah, be I where I don't know. That might be why I made this note. They do Family Guy style cutaways now. They just keep it all in the same scene. Yeah, they did mm. also do the cutaway though with the Bernie Sanders joke. That was good. Oh, oh well, yeah. let's not start on that Bernie Sanders joke. Jesus yeah. Christ. <sighs> mm. Oh, infant Bernie Sanders. What? What's the point? So topical in October 2020 yeah. to make yeah. fun of Bernie Sanders. Does Bernie Sanders have hooligans who beat up dissenters? I didn't get what they were. Mm. What? Yeah, I got really confused because he's like shaking out people for money. What? Yeah. I don't, what? Proof, if ever you need it, that the Simpsons is is establishment. Is that what they think yeah. the socials yeah. does? They shake people down. Oh, for... who fucking yeah. knows? It just <laughs> got to bring him down as well. It was yeah. weird. Um, well, yeah, moving us to the uh, segment with the Bernie Sanders cutaway was, yeah, the story of Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera. Oh, uh, wait, what about the Maggie bit? Wait, hold on. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, the the oh. Cupid dogfight. Uh, the very brief hell. Maggie bit. Yes, oh, which look. felt like the... Because there was a Maggie thing that went out ahead of one of the Disney movies. I forget what it was, mm. but I remember going to see a Disney movie and there was a short Simpsons film at the beginning of it for some reason. Christ. Got to promote The Simpsons. It was Maggie's first romance, I think it was called. And this reminded me of that. It reminded me of like a little cinema stinger that you put in there. Mm, and I'd yeah. like to ask our Simpsons expert, Elliot, how long has Maggie been subtitled? I was going to ask that. What is the point <laughs> yeah. of her if she is subtitled now? She, mm. The whole deal of her was that she was so expressive, she communicated like a silent movie character. She had subtitles. Is this a thing? I think the subtitles is a fairly isolated incident, but yeah. But it wasn't even a joke. The joke wasn't, no. now you understand finally what Maggie said. She comes up and she does the, the sucky noise, and the subtitle says, I don't suppose there's any story in there about me, is there? I seem to remember there being good sound design on the um, the multiple arrows that Maggie fired from the harp. That was pretty good. Yeah. Mm. Made me sit up and go, oh, a thing. <laughs> I, I liked the, um, there's one moment I liked where Homer is on an escalator going up to heaven. Oh, yeah. And then it drops into hell and he goes, or whatever he says. <laughs> but I think the hell was meant to be Hieronymus Bosch. Yes. yes. Which oh, they didn't that. point out, which I was kind of like, they could have just yeah. pointed at it and been like, look what we did, but they yeah. didn't. And I quite liked yeah. that because it was very quick. That's true. It, they could yeah. have had Hieronymus it, Bosch in the corner. They could have. Being like, Draw. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't blame me. <laughs> they could have put Hieronymus Bosch's name at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it the Garden of Earthly Delights it's called? It's Something like that. It's I don't really remember, good. yeah. Yeah, that was I good. mean, I think it was meant to evoke Hieronymus Bosch, but it didn't quite go as, like, horrifying. It didn't quite go as, as fantastical, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> like, the Disney show The Owl House goes more Hieronymus Bosch mm. horrified than that mm. Simpsons scene did. Mm. We showed test audiences a picture of Hieronymus Bosch's, and they did not respond well to it. <laughs> <laughs> it was confronting. I didn't like it. Actually, how is Owl House? That's got some Simpsons alum on it. Oh, Owl House is spectacular. Yeah? Owl House wow. is a surprisingly great show. <laughs> I got, yeah, I've been meaning to check that out because, yeah, it's got Ooh. some yeah big hitters from Simpsons and Futurama on it, yeah. Mm. Ooh. I would say, oh, is that where all of the good writers for The Simpsons went? But this, the guy who wrote this, you said his name earlier, Gierney? Uh Dan Gurney, yeah. Yeah, he wrote the episode where Homer deliberately gains weight to get out of work. No, you mentioned this to me yesterday, Paul, and we kind of discussed the fact that it's just, it's... 
it's not just one guy writing it. No, is it? true. It's, no, there's yeah. a writing He's room. He's only as good this, as his team. This very much feels like a team writing experience. But in the way mm. you suggested earlier, where it's like mm. everyone comes in one sentence at a time and doesn't <laughs> consult with each other and everything. <laughs> and yeah, just to cap this <laughs> off, like the thing I don't like about this is again overvaluing of like mm. one Simpsons joke that worked well in the past, which is yeah Maggie's conflict with the baby with the one eyebrow and. Yeah. To build a dogfight Cupid scene about it, I don't, I don't know where conceptually, like how they uh, came up with that. It's so it's weird because there's I nothing else. Maggie is a really interesting test case in terms of how a joke runs too far, because in terms mm. of Maggie is a badass is the joke. Maggie is a baby, yeah. but she's the cool one. It's like early on the hockey episode where Homer's like, um, unless you like Maggie best, but what's she done for anyone? Nothing. And she grabs a beer <laughs> bottle out of the air as it's just about yeah. to hit Homer. That could that might be the earliest example, but that although you have mm. her causing a rebellion at the um Ayn Rand school for um kids, wasn't it? In uh, the, tots, yeah. Yeah. In a very early episode where Marge is doing streetcar. And then you've got at various points she's a sniper who takes out various mob members when they come for Homer when he was the only cop in town. And she yep. shoots Mr. Burns, of course. And it's just my God. And now it's this strafing angels <laughs> but even yeah. recently they had her doing that zorro thing in that really disappointing episode we covered last time i can't remember then <laughs> yeah I, I mean i don't know the episode i just remember <laughs> her doing it and us finding it really shite but mm. that's right and they do it again here wow there's a weird coincidence with um <laughs> the last couple of times i've had you on that yeah they do a zorro joke in this um oh, yeah. Carlo bit. <laughs> yeah again yeah. a great topical reference for the kids yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. another time you were do they just have a board with various nouns and verbs and character names and they just switch yeah. them around yeah i think this time maggie can be zorro <laughs> when south park yeah. made fun of family guy for implying that was their writing process and oh, now yeah 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 <laughs> which is funny because simpsons made fun of south park for implying that was their writing process as well mm. yeah like, yeah <laughs> well it's all forgiven now though don't forget how good the family guy simpsons crossover was Rated a shiny yep. participant by our panel. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's amazing. Yeah. But what do we think of the Frida Kahlo section? Any parts that stood out to us for better or worse? Plenty stood out. <laughs> I wrote the jokes are shallow, and that was my only note. Oh, no, <clears throat> no. Sorry, I've been ignoring the good things. Um, okay, there's, uh, yeah, one joke I liked. Mr. Burns said that he would cut down a very large tree to hang in Rockefeller Center because it's like the Rockefeller Center. Yeah. And that didn't make me laugh, but that it was the implication it would be a warning yes. to the other trees. Yes, I also yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. That actually, that actually made me laugh. Yeah. I felt ashamed. Yeah. But then <laughs> in an actual cutaway joke, he goes, and I was going to have you as the model for Atlas. And then it cuts to Homer as Atlas. And he's like, no, you were saying he wasn't going to be that. So why yeah. is it like... So you mm. can cut away into Homer's Atlas. They just wanted to men they just wanted to like slightly refer to Ayn, Ayn Rand again. Uh... <laughs> but just think she had some great ideas and wasn't yeah. it? It's um, subversive. Yeah. Actually, one thing from that did make me laugh. It was it made me sort of snore. I think I my lips were pursed, like clamped shut in disdain, and um mm. the, the laugh escaped through it. When Homer comes back and says something like, You're the most Im impressive artist I've ever seen. I'm going to celebrate by sleeping with other women starting an hour ago. Yeah. I think the starting an hour ago did, it, it surprised me. It was a surprise. Yeah, yeah, and then Freda says, So am I, starting two hours ago. Yeah. 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 Um, and then it just don't remind me of the shit end to the one. <laughs> it just kept going <laughs> good and going and going. I know. It oh, really God. did. At some point as well, yeah, they have um, Diego doing the 
uh, man at the crossroads painting, mm. which then they refer to again at the end of the segment where he paints like a montage of this entire episode. And Marge Frida Kahlo looks at it and goes, this is really good. And mm. then Homer goes, maybe I'll direct a Rick and Morty from this. It's like, once again, Fuck why off. are this... Mm. They taking a moment to congratulate themselves. Like, mm, yeah. It'd be annoying in a good episode. Yeah. Mm. Ha, Rick and Morty, I know that. Yeah. It really <laughs> yeah, that's the like thing that. I know. Again, quick consult the, the reference board. What are the kids <laughs> like these days? I, I, What's trending on Twitter right now? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the other note that I made from this, it's a bad one just to preface. Frida Kahlo Marge is looking in the mirror and Patty and Selma show up on her shoulder. Yeah. shoulders and she says which one of you is an angel and she says oh we both are and then they jump onto cigarettes and go back to heaven and they fly off and then there's a puff of smoke and it says don't smoke and then it fades away mm. and, and this is the like absolute nadir of gag heavy simpsons for me it's just yeah like, and if i had to guess i feel like this is a dig because they can't really have patty and selma smoking anymore unless it's like part of a storyline that says it's bad so uh, i feel like meta maybe but like again mm. that's probably giving this episode too much credit and if they are going to that length it's like well you're not considering the audience at that stage you're just yeah doing something to amuse yourself you're a shill you're a um, fucking shill and you should stop making the simpsons <laughs> <laughs> yeah anything else to mention from the freddy carlo section no why even have zorro there i think we've mentioned that why have Homer and Marge be those characters? Nah. Why have the Marx Brothers there for yeah. fucking oh, hell? Yeah, fuck. Oh, yeah, and covering up the death of Zeppo. That's right. Oh, yeah. and the release of the hounds at the 66th floor joke. Jesus oh, that, that was so bad. Yeah. And then it stops at 65 or something. And then yeah. Smithers says something about the, they've eaten the... What operator. is it? The they eat elevator operator. operator. Yeah. Oh. But I, I thought it was a joke about how, you know, it starts off as a joke about how slow elevators were. Which is great. In the 1920s, am kids, I right? Kids mm. are all about those comparisons. Mm. And maybe it's because they, they have these jokes and the mm. jokes are just observations. It's like, oh, this. And they've written it down on a scrap of paper mm. and put it on that special board they have. And then halfway through writing the script, they've gone, oh, that's not actually a, a complete joke, is it? Or a, a joke at all. We've well, a- we've already animated it, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it just to give a, a callback for anybody who used to watch the show? Oh, look, we remember the exactly. hands. Is that oh, what yeah. it is? I guess oh, yeah. so. Remember yeah. the hounds? Remember those hounds that he used to... We're going to put it out? in this drag-out joke where <laughs> the episode already feels really rushed and frenetic. Mm. And yet also long. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so this episode as well finishes off with the Starry Starry Night parody with Mo talking about Bari Bari Night. Mm. Again. That was a final insult. Just nothing to it. Weird Al, eat your heart out. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I, it made me yearn for the days of Mo, 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 how do you like me? <laughs> Why don't you like me? Nobody likes me. <laughs> I poured some onions inside my trousers. Yeah. This cool. just, yeah, harping on about his bar rack. And then he spends like an entire verse on the shush lady from the Gracie yeah. Films logo. Yeah. And he has the fucking audacity to turn around and look at um, one of the pieces of art and go, this one isn't so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... Well, sorry. Whoa, man. All right. 
Fucking take that, Monet. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I think it's about time that we rank this thing. But first, we got a little bit of fun business to get into. You know, we've Ooh. been dealing with so much sorrow. Let's talk about something that makes us happy, which is sandwiches. Now, the Pauls have already played this game. So I turn it to you, <laughs> Nell and Sarah. On the Simpsons Index, we are building a sandwich board. And we want to know... What would be on your sandwich? You know, I'm I'm walking into the Simpsons Index Deli. I'm going to order the Nell or I'm going to order the Sarah. What am I getting on it? We'll start oh. with you, Nell. Oh, um, I would have a banana, peanut butter and honey sandwich. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's the first entry for banana on our uh, Ooh, is it? sandwich board. All righty. Banana, peanut, honey. Nice. It's, it's so good. good. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? I guess it's not fun, but uh, turkey, cranberry sauce, and stuffing would be my go-to. Ooh. Yeah, that nice. sounds nice. That's I yeah. love mm. cranberry sauce in a sandwich. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of stuffing in a sandwich as well. Mm-mm-mm. Nothing greater than just yeah, having bread in bread. Yeah, <laughs> hell's yeah. Carb on carb, baby. <laughs> it's like having oh. potato on pizza. It's the best. <laughs> If I remember correctly, my sandwich is just a cheese toasty, but with a bar of chocolate on the side to eat between bites. (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be top of the list. That is the best sandwich. I bet you so many people would order that, Paul. They'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm having that. Yeah, Yeah, go into a deli. I can't go as far as putting chocolate spread into a cheese toasty, but just have it on the side. Chaser. Yeah, a chase. Any chocolate bar? No, that's one of my favourites. Goodman, yours is one of my favourites as well, where it's drink six beers, bread, uh, bread <laughs> served with beer. Okay, so we were meant to say silly things rather than sincere yeah. sandwiches, I guess. That yeah. is genuinely my sincere favourite sandwich. There, there is a big mix of sincere and insincere sandwiches. God, I, so, I don't even remember giving that. My, my, for posterity, my serious answer would probably be a Reuben. That's what I thought you would, um, yeah. 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 I was like, yeah. what is this beer and bread sandwich? Or, or, <laughs> or a chip butty. Oh yeah, oh, that's ooh. that's true. That's good. Mm. Chip buddies are great. Love a chip buddy. So, what did you ask about the chocolate f- situation? Is it a specific chocolate bar, or is it just any chocolate glad. bar <laughs> chaser? Whatever you can find. Yeah, a, a, just a dairy milk Cadbury thing. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Uh-huh. All right. Mm. Uh, one bar will yeah. see you through um, four rounds. You do it half <laughs> when I say four rounds, two oh. rounds. Sorry, cut into two triangles. I don't, uh, I don't know. That yeah. hasn't that hasn't elucidated anything for me. <laughs> but but two, by two, two rounds, is do you it mean the four rounds? Is it two, two rounds? By, by round, sorry, do you mean like it's a round a bite of a sandwich? No, a, a round is um, bread, cheese, bread. It's a sandwich. That's a round. Uh, so also two four, rounds oh, is right. ideal. That's Lewis Cut it to triangles. <laughs> Cut to triangles, and then each triangle you should aim to get through one and a half blocks of the dairy milk. You really need to aim. You really need to set set a goal there. We'll have one of the wait staff at the index uh, deli uh, hitting a bell with a hammer. You know, round one. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> you should be halfway through your second block. Wait, wait, the waiter I mean, comes like over, little... and then there's someone with a whip behind you. Yeah. Just like, hurry up! Yeah, go. Yeah. I hope everyone's through their first quarter chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Willy Wonka nightmare now. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It's the Umpa Lumpa Canteen. It's a horror show. That's quest fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. It is time to rank this thing. Now, on the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh, 
you give it participant. But for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold. But for the best of the very best, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm rushing through the good rankings because I don't think we're going to use them. <laughs> uh, uh, look, I'm going participant with this one. I don't think I hate it enough. I was just mostly bored by this one, even though it did a bunch of egregious things that didn't do enough for failure for me. Mm. What do you reckon, Paul Salt? I'm going to respect your experience on this because you've been for a lot worse than I with regards to The Simpsons. So the, the, the things you must have seen t- truly terrify me. But um, <laughs> the horror. It's, the horror. It's a failure for me. I hate it. It's fucking irredeemable. <laughs> Nearly entirely lacking in quality. I wasn't, I wasn't surprised at how unfunny it was, but I was surprised at how lazy and incompetent it was. Mm. Yeah, Goodman. Yeah, it's it's going to have to be a failure. It just engendered nothing good in me, and I didn't feel good about it during. Uh, I'm having fun now, um, <laughs> but I don't think my complaining has been very fun for everyone else, so I'm just going to respect everybody else's experience by saying failure. No. I think participant. Again, I haven't probably seen enough, so I imagine there's worse than this, but maybe there's not. It's sort of, I think participant, if I look at it in the sense of they're trying to teach Americans about art. They tried and failed. But, you know, gave it a red hot go. Tried with lies. Yeah. You might have someone open the Wikipedia page, which I certainly did. Yeah. Uh, So there you go. There's your redeemable factor. Uh, Finally, Sarah, what do you reckon? I'm going to have to go with the pause. It is a failure. I'm sure there are worse episodes, but as the only one I've seen from these later seasons, absolute dismal yeah, time sink that made me question my life after I'd finished watching. <laughs> <laughs> and it was only 25 minutes of life, and yet yeah. it felt like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Could spend that time playing Sekiro. <laughs> Not Elden Ring at the moment? Oh, I'm, it's I'm, in the mail. Yeah, I'm awaiting the delivery of, but I'm <laughs> playing Sekiro for the first time. So, um, oh. yeah, could have spent that 25 minutes uh, <laughs> trying to beat one boss. <laughs> I love Try- it. <laughs> it's great. In 25 minutes, I might figure out a strategy that might at some point get me past that boss. Get you past that wolf, that, yeah. that one dog. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm playing Elden Ring and like this is <gasps> yeah. my first From game since I bailed out of Bloodborne. Um mm. Same here. I'm having a better time with it than Bloodborne, but yeah. man, it's it's a harrowing experience. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yay! Oh, such good things to look forward to. I'm I'm waiting for it to get a bit cheaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh, I spent fifty pounds mm. on the Demon Souls PS5 remake um, mm-hmm. a couple of Christmases ago, and I just can't justify spending that much money on a game where I'm not going to get past the second area. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, Luke, that about does it. Quest Fantastic, thank you so much for joining me today. That was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was a real pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah. uh, Shall we do some plugs? I guess so. We've got things to plugs. We've got got things to plugs, like a a D&D actual play podcast, Quest Fantastic. It's about four heroes coming out of retirement to save an old friend. Yeah, you can find us on any good podcatcher, Quest Fantastic, Twitter and Facebook, Quest Fantastic. And yeah, and of course, if you want to hear the polls talking about more not-so-great media, where can they do that? <laughs> yes, absolutely. You can go to uh, One Good Thing, a podcast in which we watch terrible movies and try to find nice things to say about them, um, and usually mm. succeed better than, than uh, certainly than I did during the Simpsons episode. <laughs> so yeah, you can find us at OGT Pod pretty much everywhere. That's the only way we get good search engine optimization is OGT Pod. That gardening lady has still stolen all the SEO from us, so well, God bless a, her. Well, a chef... A chef has just brought out a new podcast called The Real One Good Thing. Oh, or The Christ. One Real Good Thing. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my god, that feels like a and, and personal that, burn against us. It does a bit, and they are doing infinitely better than us as well. So, um, Which so that's this? great. Ellie Krieger, I think, oh. or something. Oh, no, I got that as well because there's a thing in science called the Simpsons Diversity Index, which is mm. a thing about categorizing birds or oh, something. Shit. And so, yeah, <laughs> we lose the SEO on that. And then our other podcast, Thrones of Game, mm. of course, is impossible to search because. Yeah. Did you mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe I did. I don't know. And Sarah, you're running a, another D and D podcast, aren't you? Yes, I wasn't content just GMing one podcast. So if you <laughs> listen to Quest Fantastic and you specifically only like me and Jen, <laughs> you can hear us on the queer actual play podcast, Roll Plus Heart, where we tackle a lot of smaller games like Thirsty Sword Lesbians, Stoner Crows, and Kids on Bikes. And that's that's a very oh. natural sort of segment of our podcast, I think, is to like those two. But if for some perverse reason, True. you know, very much like liking a cheese toasty with a chocolate bar, for example, <laughs> you like Jen and Paul, like me specifically, that perverse Who's mix. Who's the cheese toasty? The <laughs> I'm the cheese toasty, definitely, um, in that analogy. Jen's in all chocolate. Jen's all chocolate. She's entirely made of chocolate. And you can hear more about that from Jen and the Film Critic, where we talk about new releases. <laughs> Wonderful. Mm. All right. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, Al, for joining us today. And uh, yeah, uh, see you next time. <laughs> see you next Bye. time. Thank you very much. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash The Simpsons Index or at Simpsons Index on Twitter or Instagram. Now, there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week.